You want me to do it again? I want you to do it again. I want you to be fun this time. All right, fine. Um, hey, listeners, it's <laughs> Josh. Ooh, like uh, okay. We've got we a are great... doing a live show at Caveat. Yes, here in New York City. Yes. for all of you listeners that are. Um, here in New York City. Yes. And even for those of you who are not, stay tuned because we are going to be at Caveat on April 27th. Yes. Doors are open at 6.30 p.m. Oh, you're really And the episode this. is The Worst of All Possible Worlds Presents. What's the rest of it? The Josh? Worst of All Possible Worlds Presents. Brian is back. I the am. 85th episode podcast spectacular live from New York City featuring special guest, and this is new information, Ooh. Michael Kupperman. Hey! You did it without being really fucking soy or boring this time. How about time? you suck my fucking dick, That's bitch. right. Uh, AJ is also here. <laughs> I'm also here. Listeners will remember that AJ is also here. <laughs> Uh, but they'll also remember that Michael Kupperman was our guest on the Heart Condition episode yes. and introduced us to the madness that was Bob Hoskins having Denzel Washington's ghost live inside of inside him. Inside of his yes. body. So tickets are live, obviously. Yep. Check the link in the episode description for that. Yes. Uh, if you show up in person, hmm. you might get a taste of some free brand new merchandise Yeah, like we have. It, it Don't might, get too excited. It might be a sticker. Oh. But if you, <laughs> it's probably going to be a sticker. <laughs> Stickers are great. But we if you can't stickers. be here, tune in. You you can stream live. We will be here with you in spirit, and you won't be able to get COVID from us because we are all carrying it. That's yeah. right. Every minute We're of our gonna lives. We're going to be coughing so much during this live show. <laughs> Please buy tickets. <laughs> oh, it's going to be so unfunny if we get COVID doing this show. <laughs> so many possible worlds, but we got this one. Welcome to the worst of all possible worlds, the first and only podcast to come back after three days. <laughs> I'm the worst of all possible AJs. I'm the worst of all possible Brian's. And I'm the worst of all possible Josh's. And this week, we are very excited because, well, you know, we we, we, we like to talk about a lot of different things here. We like to talk about Allegedly, yeah. the nature of film and cinema sometimes. Mm, mm. And this time we're diving into a case study of a piece of media that I think we've been interested in doing for a while, which yeah. is... Uh, the Last Temptation of Christ. Yeah, it's a, it's a fancy movie time crossover episode. Yeah, it's We're not that excited. we've talked about movies before. This is not a crossover. We just also talk about movies on fancy movies. <laughs> well, this is no, a, but it's a crossover, though, because we're both not. here, and it's like that show is now here. This week, we are joined by Matt Barbeau, uh, playwright, uh, man about town, really. Jesus uh, movie geek. Yeah. <laughs> I read the novel in high school and then watched the movie afterward. Um, so, was it assigned to you in high school, or is no. it you being a Jesus geek? It was me and a Catholic all-boys school going like, this book sounds cool. <laughs> cooler than some of my classes. Did it live um, up to what you were hoping for? Yeah, or? I was really into the novel. Uh, and then I think at the time, I the the movie was kind of just like weird and alienating to me. Um, but watching it again, I, I, I appreciated it a lot more. Um, so I was I was glad to yeah. have another crack I'm, at it. Paul Schrader, the, the main... Uh, screenwriter on the movie, the one who's credited, said that there's basically 12 movies you could make out mm -hmm. of the book, and so you just have to reach in and grab the one that you want to do, mm -hmm. which of course was very exciting for him as a filmmaker. Sure, mm -hmm. I mean, watching this movie, it seems like he just tried to do all 12, though. There are so many different parts of this movie that feel like different versions of the movie that he just kind of compiled into a Frankenstein's monster. Some of that seems, some of that feels to me from watching different interviews, like it's just that I think Paul Schrader and Martin Scorsese and Willem Dafoe had like, there were different things that were interesting to them about the book. Yes, and there were a lot of different things that they did on set. 
when they were filming in Morocco on a very low budget where they had to move fast. Sometimes it's like, well, we can't do this scene. We sure. can't get enough people. We <laughs> sure. don't have the right set or anything like that. So we're I don't know. Let's do something else. Yeah, here. Country yeah. girls make do things of that nature. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot I, of I'm, corn cobs. I'm curious to hear, though, <laughs> you know, on Broadway before we actually talk <laughs> about back. the movie yeah. and how it got made. Yeah. Matt, you were mentioning, you know, Catholic school kid uh. wanted to get to know a bit more about alternate approaches to the story of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So you read the book, mm-hmm. then you saw the movie. Mm-hmm. What were the big things that jumped out at you at that point? Like what made, cause I remember talking to you at some point, or I think one of us talking to you at some point and you were like, yeah, if you ever do last temptation, like yeah. put me in. I think the, the presentation of the character of Jesus in the novel is someone who is deeply human and afflicted. I was really interested in the ways that the novel and the movie preserves a lot of this, I think uh, like reframes a lot of what is familiar Um, Mm -hmm. Something that always sticks with me is where Jesus begins to tell parables. And and one thing that the novel does, I think, is really interesting where where, uh, he attributes his use of parable to not being a very good public speaker, which I think is something that's not Mm. uh, I think we we tend to think of of parables as very as very clever and very um, an interesting way to get a message across. Uh, But the Jesus in the movie is sort of uh, insecure about his ability to get his point across. Right. Right. Insecure about his education yeah, he's always kind of like when you read the gospels even there's like well the kingdom of heaven yeah. is it's it's like a mustard seed no 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 it's like it's like that you know he like he restates yeah. it yeah. over and over I am and over the seal. again no that's not yeah. right yeah, yeah. <laughs> right so i think it's like a really fascinating thing where he he sort of apologizes before launching into that story i i i'm interested in when when i was reading about the sort a little bit about the making of the film but also like reading interviews there's like an insistence from a lot of people that this jesus is like as sinful as everyone and i think right. that's i yeah. think that's a little bit like not in evidence actually yeah. in the film it's, but yeah. like it's strange isn't it <laughs> if human nature is to like resist divinity which is like sure super foundational to christianity right mm-hmm. then that would mean that jesus is like human nature suffers and 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 resists and flees from this mm-hmm. responsibility. And that's yeah. really so, the core of what this is. And in the core of what the controversy around, yeah, so around the making Sakis of this. Yeah, so wrote this thing. in Greece in right. 1955, about two years before his uh, death. Um, and he was writing mm. it as an older man. Um, he, he was a best-selling author. He wrote the, the book, uh, translated it in, into English as Zorba the Greek. But this creates a huge controversy, right? Because the Greek Orthodox Church, they get a hold of this. They hate it. Um, when it finally comes stateside, I, I don't think it gets to the U.S. until like 1960. Uh, but but the book causes a bit of a stir in the United States on its own. In 1963, sure, yeah. the John Birch Society and various other oh, South, Southern California yeah, right wing yeah. groups mm-hmm. end up trying to get it removed from a San Diego library. Mm-hmm. Priest at the time who was like, you shouldn't return this book to yes. the library because it'll Very be a cool. sin. Very cool. <laughs> because if yeah. you return it, you will be sinning and letting someone else read the right. book. And that they sounds will like the Diocese of San Diego yeah. is what I'll say. <laughs> but, but, but something that's yeah. worth noting at this point is already it's so much based on the reputation of the thing as opposed to having actually read the thing engaged uh-huh. with it and like people are hearing already secondhand thirdhand Jesus like, does sex I mean exactly. this is, the, this is yeah. the main thing that everyone gets mad about is Jesus does sex and I don't even think it's really even described in the book. Now it's depicted in the movie. Yeah. But um, right. librarians of America, the stubborn people that they are, are all like, oh, okay, this sounds like a good book to have stocked up. And yeah. uh, it increases circulation in, in our libraries by uh, like a thousand or something like that. Um, right. And it becomes more well-known and it becomes 
um, assigned reading at Fordham University in 1968 and at oh, various really? uh, oh, wow. other like Catholic learning institutions. Like it's something that is being engaged with. And Sidney Lumet first tries to get a movie made of it in the 70s. Mm-hmm. That never takes off. And then Scorsese is like, okay, yeah, I want to make this. Is, this is going to be the Christian, the, the Christ movie that I'm going to make because he loved the old Cecil B. DeMille Christian yeah. epics and it made its way to the studios. It got dropped by the studios and then he got it picked up again for about half the budget. Paul Schrader, I'm assuming, was part of the package at this yeah, point so, as well. I mean, Scorsese, like you, Matt, is a Jesus nerd. I mean, he's a nerd. He's a nerd in general. He's a movie nerd. He's a Jesus nerd. He's not actually well read. And he talked about this like he grew yeah, up yeah. basically on the streets. He did not have books in his house, sure. including the Bible. Uh, <laughs> oh wow! And, and he was he was actually given a copy of this book on one of the on the Roger Corman movie that he was working on way back in the day, uh, Boxcar Bertha. It took him a very long time to actually get around to reading it. But he is such a he he really is like in, in his purest form he's a nerd, right? He is someone who really believes yeah. in like film preservation, and and he loves the old movies that he saw on TV and in the and in the the theaters when he was a child, and. He loved the scripture. He, he was going to become a priest. Like he thought, well, no. if, if any, I'm just going to be a nerd about Jesus for the rest of my life. And then, you know, ended up doing movies instead. But he maintains to this day his Catholic faith. He, yeah. he believes in it um, very deeply and devoutly. It is a part of who he is. And Schrader, maybe in the 80s, wouldn't have exactly called himself a Christian. He currently does. Um, oh, I didn't like, know that. Since first reformed, he he gave an interview and he talked about like, yeah, I've been going to church for a long time. Oh wow, Paul um, Schrader. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, <laughs> went to uh, the school that Brian and I went to. He went to yes. Calvin College, named and, after uh, John Calvin. <laughs> and his background uh, is very similar to my own. Um, yeah, it, yeah, with with a, a the the extremity ratcheted up a little bit yeah. because the reformed tradition at the time when Paul Schrader was a child, they didn't see movies, right? They did not go to movies. Uh, uh, there, there was a really interesting. I was talking to someone who used to be like on the board of trustees at Calvin College a long time ago, and he talked about reading the minutes, going back to even the stuff that was like when they were still taking the minutes in Dutch all the way through the fifties. Oh, oh yeah. wow! And yeah. there was a professor who got reprimanded officially because he was seen at the Wealthy Street Theater, and he uh. said, "Oh no, no, no! I just stepped into the lobby to light my pipe." <laughs> then they saw him at the theater again. Yeah, and he was. Gone. God is wow. that, that, like that, that same guy? What is this theater? It was just a movie just a theater. theater. Oh, it was just, just a movie. No, this theater? wasn't a porno theater. This oh, was just okay. a normal ass movie theater. Like, yeah. like that same guy I was talking to. He went to Calvin in the mid fifties, and he and his girlfriend, now wife, snuck out their first date to go to that theater to see Walt Disney's The Grand Canyon. Amazing. But I mean, really, um, what we need to take away yeah. from this is that Paul Schrader, in response to that very strict, uh, cloistered evangelical background. He kind of was like, oh, I'm going to be the edgy guy who yeah. shocks you. That's yeah. kind of the direction he ended up going. And so a lot of what the uh, adaptation ended up becoming sort of the way that it was framed. And I think a lot of the actual PR campaign for this movie when sure. it was coming out was Paul Schrader being like, I'm going to piss off the people who pissed me <laughs> off when I was a kid. Deal with it, motherfuckers. Yeah, Paul Schrader sees a lot of saw a lot of what he did as an affliction. Right. And I don't think he's really built that way anymore. Yeah. Wh- where does where does this movie lie in the timeline with Piss Christ? Like where in terms that of- will we'll get to in just a few minutes okay, because that is actually very important to all of this. But it's after um, after this movie, because the machine that they build to fight against the last temptation of Christ is then used against 
the NEA against Maplethorpe against Piss Christ. Oh, interesting, interesting. Um, so he he when he was at Calvin, he reviewed movies, he talked about movies, he tried to. They even brought in a sort of film discussion because the Sound of Music came out right around the time that he went to Calvin, which is when Reformed people started watching movies. Oh, specifically because of the Sound of Music. Wait, what? That's why? A, why? I, why? I, I can't even. That takes up too much time on its my own. My family loves the Sound of Music. That's it all I'll say about it. My mom is and it, she's an atheist. It's a magical a, film. We had a professor. His dad was a Reformed pastor. David. Um, his dad brought the family out. They had to go two towns over. And they all went and saw the sound of music. But what is the change that the sound of music is? It is it too much? To well, get the hills into? became alive. So yeah. let's <laughs> go. It's ahead. something that we can get into in, a, in its own episode of the podcast. Yeah, honestly, let's 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 get now on to what happens once these creative forces come together. Yeah, the film starts getting made, and uh, people catch wind of the idea of a movie where Jesus fucks, and yeah, they're not so happy. So there is an evangelical, an unnamed evangelical, working at Universal Studios. Yes, and he ends up taking like a mimeograph of the script yeah. and sending it to various evangelical organizations. He sends it to James Dobson over at Focus on the Family. Mm-hmm. He sends Our it, boy. most importantly, <laughs> Before to Odyssey. Donald Wildman. We do love this man. He really a is man. a wild man. This is, this uh, is another like classic guy for our running really list is. of guys. What's yeah, interesting yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is this whole list of guys, except for one person that I will mention, uh, all the Christian ones, let's say, they're all still around and their organizations are all still right. around. This is sort of unlike Night Trap where all of those grifters <laughs> I mentioned and all of that hearing, yeah. you know, if they're still around... They kind of shifted to another is thing. Is Donald like, Wildman a name that means anything to you at absolutely all? Absolutely not. Great. Okay, no, just I wanted to make I sure. Don't, I, don't, I don't occupy my brain with these sickos. <laughs> so the Donald AWGN Wildman, yeah. Donald Wildman yeah. is a Methodist minister. Yep. He's from deep Mississippi, and mm-hmm. he founded a group called the American Family Association, or the AFA. This situation with Last Temptation of Christ was sort of where he made his name. But ultimately, when you put him in the pantheon of guys, yeah. I wouldn't say that he's one of the like towering figures. He's not a Falwell or a Dobson or a Robertson or no, something like that. No, but he was in league with Falwell for a while. Right. So he was a... Yeah, he was an obscenity crusader in the 70s. Okay. He got pornos taken out of 7-Eleven chains, right? They found that oh, there was a God. really fruitful way of going after national chains and getting boycotts of those places to get obscene materials removed, which is where, why you also see stuff like Blockbuster doesn't have, you know, even certain R-rated movies. Yeah, but Slurpees just never tasted the same after that, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, one of one of the first thing that, that Donald Wildman did was he got Sears to pull ads from Charlie's Angels. What? Wait, what? <laughs> wait, wait, the TV show or the or the Lucy Liu movie? The the thing that has commercials in it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought I thought they were commercials about the movie. AJ's AJ, Sears commercials. AJ, yeah, during, Sears. AJ. What? Which movie came first? <laughs> uh, the TV show came first, and then the movie, uh-huh. came, and then the movie came after that. Yeah, yeah. when do you came think the movie after came after the Last Temptation what, of Christ? What year? Do you think that By the Last Temptation of Christ? Fifteen years. Look, with Cameron, Cameron Diaz. Diaz does not age. She is immortal. <laughs> so that was done with Jerry Falwell. Then She's he ends up teacher. leaving his first group with him and starting another group without him. And I'm really interested in what that history is, and we'll never know. Um, Great. It, he then tries to get like Mash. 
he tries to get advertisers pulled from that show because oh. he thinks it's too, I don't know, lib or whatever. Sure, why not? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then when he founded the AFA, it was originally the National Federation for Decency. <laughs> this guy's straight up just like cosplaying like it's 1910. That's awesome. And yeah. and he was the one who had this big mailing list at this point after a decade of doing this kind of shit um, and mailed the full rough script of Last Temptation of Christ to everyone in the mailing list now for mm. those who remember our episode about the two live crew album as nasty as they want to be yeah uh, which is one of our adventures and odyssey yeah. episodes um focus on the family ends up doing that exact same thing in the early 90s with that album's lyrics so oh, wow. this this i think is, is pioneered actually by wildman himself it would it would have to be so expensive too to like ship that entire script to everybody on that mailing yeah, list that, yeah that's, like that's, not, like that's the, a sizable investment the birchers did not do that with the book in 63 they took passages out of the book yeah and but not mimeographed the whole, those but the whole yeah thing yeah <laughs> and this was not a final shooting a draft book. of the script either no this is, no, no, this this is, is like is, an early early draft yeah but again like the point is not at all to engage with the actual material it's to find the things that they are afraid of that they find potentially objectionable and to censor it. Yeah. yeah. This, this, yeah. this does end up coming down to censorship. You know, th there's plenty of hue and cry. There's plenty of back and forth and plenty of Don Wildman being like, oh, I just want to love Jesus and I want everybody to love Jesus and we should all love Jesus. And it's like, it, th that's not what these guys are about. Yeah. They are about taking the ideas that they are afraid of and making sure that they are excluded from something that anybody can ever read, see, or even consider. Yeah, yeah. so then joining the evangelicals here, we also get the Catholic League, mm -hmm. all of those. That's what actually Matt and I call ourselves uh, behind your back. <laughs> the Catholic League. We're the Catholic yeah. is that, is that, League. Yeah. Is, that, is that true? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we have little hats. The, oh, okay. oh, it's really well, great. Mm -hmm. We're actually in communication with the Pope. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. yeah. He probably thinks you're the real Catholic League, which is just another like strange far right. Uh, pressure group, but that's well, also how we it's negotiate. Actually, it's the actually ad just buy. softball. Oh, yeah, it's, okay. yeah it's, just, it's just a nice softball league. And the nice part yeah. is we do get free pope milk out of it. So okay, that's so the the <laughs> protests against this movie end up getting bigger and stranger. Someone actually goes to the producer's house, of course, a Jewish man, and reenacting the uh, the crucifixion. Mm hmm. In Ooh. front of the house. Oh, uh, somehow Irv Rubin of the JDL gets involved in this, too, saying that the movie yeah. is inciting um, anti-Semitism. Of course, the JDL is not the ADL. The JDL right. is a, a, a violent organization. Irv Rubin himself was arrested because he was trying to bomb various places, including a mosque. Uh, including a, uh, I believe he was a representative at the time in California. But something that I want to note too about all of these actions that were taken, you know, some of them were taken by Wildman and his people. Yeah. Other, others were taken sort of, not directly by him, but in response to things he was saying. Yes. Such as, for instance, one infamous thing that happened where they uh, what bombed a, a theater that was yeah. going to be shown in the movie. I, I don't know if it was a if it was a firebombing or if they just set set fire. on fire. Yeah, yeah, but there were there were actually two arsons that happened in France from uh, Catholic integralist groups in the area. <laughs> so yeah, that that's its own sort of you know Western European Catholic theocrats. Um, yeah. In the U.S., we did have some vandalism that never amounted to that, uh, but people would go in 
and tear up, take knives and slash up the movie theater seats, mm. things like yeah, that. Yeah, well, I mean, there was there was some real danger here, too. Uh, Roger yeah. Ebert uh, talks a lot about because he was one of the first defenders of the film. Right. Basically, Scorsese was like, look, we because Scorsese's whole like stance on this is just like, just watch the movie. Yeah. Right. right? I, I promise it's not as salacious as you think it is. And you might actually find stuff that you can relate to in it. You just need to watch the movie. But of course, that's not really and, as and Josh were, was saying their agenda. There were plenty of clergymen who were going on TV, going on Oprah or whatever, yeah. um, going on Morton Downey Jr. show and saying, yeah, watch the movie. I think it's good. Yeah. And like yeah. these people who are talking about it are citing things that don't happen in the film right. at any point. I, I'm, I'm curious about one thing, Matt, which is, you know, when you were growing up, what was the reputation of this movie among people in your circle? Because like I grew up hearing that this movie is like against Jesus, right? Yeah. Was that kind of what was in your my uh, my my parents were like this was a this was a cool movie that made a lot of people mad. Sure. Um, yeah. My uh, <laughs> like a lot like you know, and this was like before I. I think it was because I like you know it was like it, it lived in the zeitgeist, and I right. asked yeah. questions about that. So um, yeah. it was like a movie about Jesus, and I think my mom's was like, yeah, in the movie Jesus has sex in it, and like yeah. people are mad about it. Um, but she also like was like but it, it's not real in the movie sure you know mm-hmm. um and then yeah. uh so you had people in your life who are actually able to see it as an artistic piece of work and be sure. like this is making well, choices and, and even when i went to high school i mean i think there were like priests who were like sure this is a it's a silly movie i'm like in my in my mind i'm like you can yeah. hear this particular priest coming <laughs> yeah. this is like his name was father giacomo he had one eye yes. he was he was very old um but he took a lot of glee in like it's like we, he was our church history teacher, so he had like a lot of glee about like the Renaissance church, and he would talk about like. Oh sure. But he he had he would like he he got really excited talking about orgies, which he said with a hard G. <laughs> orgies. Orgies. <laughs> um, Love so a good orgy. Would, so like, like his whole thing about it was that it was like, it was like a silly movie, and like it didn't yeah. really matter much to him. Um, but I do, I do wonder, I mean, sort of as we're talking, I mean, cause you're, you're talking about like these, this like people censoring challenging ideas. Right. And I, yeah. I do wonder to what extent, like Martin Scorsese talks about like when he, he's made the movie and he's like, I have these thoughts. Do you have these thoughts? Yeah. What do you think about yeah, these thoughts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I think yeah. that's how a lot of, that's how most people engage with art i think yeah. especially in the jesuit yeah. tradition well, too right yeah. I, mean, yeah, I mean i think i think from a catholic standpoint yeah. sure but i think like in the world yeah. you come to a piece of art and you it's, yeah. you you understand it as asking questions yeah. um and i think that there are a lot of like uh, there's a lot of this censorious impulse comes from a like a like a like a like thinking of art as like a pulpit in yeah. a way where this where where the art is is telling you a thing and so you look at the last temptation right. of yeah, christ but like as not focus a piece on the family and james dobson would never do that but i think it's like when they see that movie what they see is a lie yeah and 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 they're like this is a this is lying to you about jesus and like martin scorsese would say that he's not even trying to tell the truth. Yeah, just, explicitly uh, they say that it's at like the a, top of the right, movie. Right. It's, yeah. just, it's like a story to like think about. Yeah. yeah, obviously the book is like it's a metaphor for a modern person. He's, right. he's exploring very deeply like the historical context and like the, the world that Jesus lives in. But like it is about a modern person. Yeah. It is about like the things that you face in modernity. Well, I mean, specifically like the 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 
the language the Orthodox Church used to ban this was like it uses like Marx and Freud. Yes. Right. To, right. Like, yeah. to, to yeah. like slander our Lord. And, and something that's worth noting, too, is that that's a big piece that, you know, Wildman and his people picked yep. up on as well. Yeah. In the, this. Because the guy who the editor in chief of Plugged In magazine over Focus on Family, yes. he uses the Freud thing that's over awesome. and over again. Because these are other aspects of modernity that they are fighting against. And, and something that I want to quote here is a very interesting article that I found by David S. Olson. Okay. Uh, Pumpkins. No. <laughs> David Jesus. S. Pumpkins. Uh, this, is, this is an article <laughs> called The New Religious Right versus Media Wrongs, AFA Fights Temptation from the Journal of Film and Video. Mm-hmm. And what he states in here, which I really, really like, is specifically regarding like how this sort of way of fighting works. Because it's not just about the thing or fighting against the thing. It's also about being able to chalk up, you know, uh, consistent dubs, right? You're using this both as, oh, look at how much they're beating us and, you know, dragging us down as Christians, but also look at how we're winning against them. Yes, actually, I I watched a really interesting movie. Not interesting in that anyone should watch it except for me, but um, (laughs) you can find it on YouTube. Uh, it's archival it's, footage of the building of Gallup, New Mexico. Yeah, no, 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 that would be great, actually. No, this is this is called Hollywood versus religion, uh-huh. and it's very mm. much it's the exact same playbook as Whose Children Are They? Sure, that, that educational uh, propaganda movie we watched about a year ago, yeah, yeah. Yeah. where it's this one guy going through all of these movies that have been made, some of the most obscure shit, to be like. See, this is Hollywood yep. showing how much it hates Christians, yep. but also pointing out to how like unsuccessful and unpopular these movies are to say we're winning, though. Exactly. And that's exactly what Olson actually says in this article. He yeah. says, and I quote, in some, the barbs of defeat and the laurels of victory motivate followers to pick up arms to fight the godless media. Yeah. Threats of defeat. Mm can move followers to action by frightening them with the consequences of inaction. If emphasized too strongly, however, these same threats can paralyze followers as determination is replaced with discouragement. Promises of victory also contain analogous tensions. These promises can motivate followers to work for change by increasing the hope of things to come, or they can induce passivity as winning is taken for granted. So it's about finding that balance, right? Yeah, Yeah. and now they've learned the new lesson, which is just say that you've won and then if anyone's like but you didn't win just be like no yeah, we did we no. totally yep. did <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah it's 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 fascinating and, and the thing look is they did you are yeah, yeah, they, they, yeah, they did win in the context of the last temptation of christ the movie was not profitable right. in the united states globally it actually made a bit of money not huge um, mm. but, but considering like, it was only a seven million dollar budget, it was a tiny movie, you know, and it made I think six million yeah. in the U.S. box office. Right? Yeah. It was it was a big big failure. Um, I think five million of that went to Peter Gabriel for the score, <laughs> which <laughs> fucks. Which rules? It's right. fantastic. Oh, it's score. so good. Um, yeah, if you want like the full source of like everything that happened among all of this stuff, uh, just check out Hollywood Under Siege, which is Thomas Lindloff's book that came out about a, a decade or so ago, mm. which is just all about. Um, the Last Temptation of Christ. Or you can read the book written by Don Wildman himself, which is modestly titled don't. The Man the Networks Love to Hate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Don't don't read that book. Um, this, I mean, this also became an openly, like I said before, an openly anti-Semitic movement. I, w- I was spending yeah. the last two weeks trying to find the clip and I never could, but, but I remember watching a, a TV documentary about the backlash to The Last Temptation of Christ back when I was a kid. And it cuts to this one evangelist on, on the scene. And I think I know who it is, but I'm not going to say his name because I'm, I, I couldn't confirm it. Talking to an interviewer and he fucking like 
stands up, kicks his seat out of the way, and starts shouting into the camera, if you want this to be anti-Semitic, then we will make it anti-Semitic. Wow. We are perfectly fine with this, right? Like, the, the one of the things that got the, the JDL involved was a protest in Beverly Hills saying, Jewish money paid for the last temptation. Oh, wow. Yeah. It, it, like, mm-hmm. this is entirely on board with this idea th- that we see all over again with critical race theory, cultural Marxism, all of these little things that's like our control, our fundamentalist control, our our political project that's been going on for the last century. These are the things that are threatening it. Yeah. We may be winning, but here's how to identify your enemy. And it's always secular Jews. Almost. always. Yeah. And then the, the full scope of this would come to fruition with Mel Gibson's passion of the Christ, which is like, yeah. what if last, last temptation of Christ, yeah. but anti-Semitic is all fun. Yeah. Right. And so what's interesting is in the seventies, we had some Jesus movies. There was the BBC production, mm-hmm. Jesus of Nazareth, which was done in two parts, three parts, whatever. Um, How white was Jesus in that one? Um, incredibly, was not it, not quite Max, Max von. Sl- no, yeah. that's the that's the um, greatest that's the greatest story, story ever, told. ever told. The the joke with the Last Temptation of Christ is like, what's the difference between that movie and this one? And they said, well, in this one, Jesus blinks. Um, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> um, but also, the Jesus movie came out in 1979. I remember that VHS. Uh huh. <laughs> Who doesn't? Je- the Jesus movie claims to be the most seen movie worldwide. It's certainly the most translated. It has been translated into about a thousand languages. At well, this of course, point. it's been seen. They sent it to your mailbox. Whether yes, you wanted it sure, or not. Well, sure. and, the, and the whole thing with the Jesus movie is that they would go to remote areas, uh, indigenous peoples, you know, these these tiny groups of people that, that speak a language that's not spoken by more than a thousand people. And mm. they translated into that language and showed it. We did this in Zimbabwe when I went to Zimbabwe and they showed it in Shona to a group of people that were all Southern Baptist already. But um, like, oh, wow, wow. <laughs> so the Jesus movie is really important because the guy who created it was Billy Bright. The founder of Campus Crusade oh, for Christ. Right, uh, right, right, our, right. Our boy Randy Heckman, we didn't bring this up in last week's oh episode. Oh, my God. He and his wife met uh, during their time in Campus, Campus Crusade, Crusade for Christ. Christ. Um, and for those unfamiliar, Campus Crusade for Christ is exactly what it sounds like. Yes. It's an organization dedicated to making more Christians on yeah. college campuses across yeah. the United States because they're being controlled by, you know, the atheist, liberal Jews, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And blah, 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 so blah, the yeah. Jesus movie is pretty much just like uh, very prosaic it's just like all of the text is straight from the gospels it's just this happens this happens this happens it's exactly what you would expect from like the baseline of a jesus movie um which is why it's the jesus movie this <laughs> movie one yeah was actually like, it did have like, a slight uh bit of business in american theaters warner brothers produ- uh, uh, um distributed it hmm. and warner brothers at the exact same time also distributed monty python's the life of brian mm. Yes. Which was banned entirely in the American South. It was also banned from Cincinnati, Ohio. This is important. Mm. So Cincinnati, Ohio also had a a number of anti-obscenity laws that kept porno shops from operating, even sex toys, strip clubs, anything like that did not exist in any legal capacity within the city. Sure. This is a... then targeted for the last temptation of Christ thing, right? We get AFA and Donald Wildman going to Cincinnati. They get the whole, like the movie does not show there, which is why they Uh, end up using Cincinnati as their base for going after the Robert Maplethorpe exhibit. Okay. The famous Mm. case is the Cincinnati museum of art. Oh shit. And they thought the judge is going to be on our side. And then the judge was not. I'm always amazed at how these fucking sickos are able to just find the places where they can drive the biggest wedge. That's why Focus on the Family moved to Colorado Springs. They weren't going to find the most fertile soil in Pomona, but in fucking Colorado Springs? 
and and focus on the yeah. family was one of like I think 40 four zero groups that moved out to Colorado Springs. Uh, they were simply well, the largest. I have some a really thrilling update for you. Yes. Actually, I, I just recently went on a podcast called this the Sandcastle Business with um, a guy from Colorado Springs, mm-hmm. uh, Colorado Ethan, who's one of our listeners, and. He uh, he told me that now um, most of the storefronts that Focus on the Family owns are just different businesses. Like they've had to start renting out a lot of their campus to like dentists. Oh, because they don't stuff, have they, the office space. Like they can't use all that office space. They just anymore. can't use it anymore. Yeah. Huh. Like it's really. But they are opening brick and mortar bookstores in Holland, Holland Michigan. Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's now get I guess yeah. to the movie itself yeah, yeah, because yeah. we've weighed this up obviously we have everything that we need for a cultural flashpoint so this movie's gonna be so fucking edgy right this is gonna oh man this is gonna be a oh uh, fuck it's gonna re completely retool Jesus, the way we think about the our Jesus Lord and Savior himself, movie, right right and, and it's funny to watch the TV appearances and have them object to everything else where it's like well no actually it's because Jesus said this about divinity or whatever right but like the controversy was all around it being the Jesus sex movie and that's yes. certainly all I heard as a kid was like it's a movie yep. where Jesus has sex that's with what Mary I heard too yeah, that was yeah. why people objected to it and, and when, when, you, when it first starts off like when, when we like the first thing that we actually see Jesus do which is um, carve a cross yes uh, because he's in the car, cross making business for yeah. the Romans yeah. There's a lot of stuff in the in this opening sequence where you're like, oh, this is the Jesus sex movie. He is attaching a belt to himself that has little like spikes on it for some right. sort of yeah. masochistic purpose. Right. Like yeah. there is something decidedly ooh, like controversial about this first 20 minutes well, or so. And, and interestingly enough, for people who have not seen uh Willem Dafoe in a movie from this time, he is beautiful yes normally the whiteness of these movies kind of like rankles me but like for what this movie's doing you need him to look like max von Sydow. you need him to look like robert powell yeah because you because scorsese being the nerd that he is like this is about in the same way that kazanzakis is like looking at the gospels yeah scorsese's looking at old jesus movies mm-hmm. yeah he, he that's his thing right he, exactly. he grew up just going to movies all the time and just that's that's his canon it's a Absolutely. lot it's a lot like in a way hail caesar in that it's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. finding the pieces of the genre and playing with them now does it always do so successfully i would argue no and no. we can talk about that later but you're exactly right that to have this film cast as a bunch of like actual like Jewish Middle Eastern people, whatever, it wouldn't be what this movie is trying to be. The anachronism is kind of the point. Yeah. And actually the contrast between the main cast and a lot of the background Mm -hmm. cast, which are people in Morocco. Right. Yes. Um, One of these things that is probably a budget consideration, but also I think very successful artistically. BBC used the Mm -hmm. same sets that that's why they had sets. Like, again, Mm -hmm. they didn't have money for it. So the BBC did it. The Jesus movie shot in Morocco. Morocco was the place to go. Not Israel for some reason, Uh, except for the Jesus Christ Superstar movie. All we see so far is that, yeah, Jesus is prepping a cross and it's pretty disorienting because what Mm -hmm. seems to be happening here is he's preparing to get crucified that's yeah he's making his own cross yeah Yeah. but that's not what's happening no no no, but there is also i think there's a there's a provocation right from the beginning where he's very explicit in the narration yeah that he wants god to leave him alone Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think that i understand getting my hackles up if this shit mattered sure a ton to me on an emotional level. Right. Um, but I think this is one of the most, one of the things that like, super interested me about this sort of the text in the movie when I was, uh, when I was in high school um, was that idea um, 
that he is resisting, yeah. that he is not into it. Yeah. Uh, and so even at the beginning, this, this idea that he's going to make crosses because what he wants is for God to hate him and yeah. leave him alone. Well, yeah, and this yeah. plays with a central like theological question as well, one that doesn't have a satisfying answer really from any sect which is when does jesus know because <laughs> right, like sure. he starts yeah. as a baby obviously babies can't know anything and i think aquinas settled on well he knew he just knew from the yeah. start he knew yeah. everything he was already the lord and everything else um whereas calvin took the line from luke that i, I think it says he he grew in stature and wisdom right to to mean that yes jesus developed the knowledge. And of course, then we have a story from which, again, I think only appears in one gospel where he's 12 years old and he is left behind at the temple and right. they come back and get him. And he says, oh, I'm right. in my father's house. But yeah. this is staking a pretty clear point. It's like Jesus is 30 years old and he seems to know that he's special in some yeah. way. We don't have a discussion of the nativity right. at all. No, um, he, in fact, can't doesn't really know whether it's God or the devil. And it doesn't seem that even I mean, in this movie, he seems to struggle with the with he doesn't know he's the Messiah ever. Yeah. He you know, he yeah. he, he goes back and forth on this a lot. Um, and then he's just kind of doing what feels right. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, it shows like yeah. it, it shows you sort of the like toll that something like this would take on a human mind. Mm -hmm. He's being attacked. I mean, you'd want God to leave you alone, too. If God was a fucking hawk, an invisible <laughs> hawk that yeah. just kept attacking you. Yeah. yeah, that's such an interesting image because they use bird sounds when these scenes are happening. And later he refers to God as like a bird. Um, a, a hawk diving yeah. down and grabbing his head with his yeah. claws, which also recalls Martin Luther, yeah, right? right? Like let the birds nest in the, my the hair. The translation I read of the, the the novel refers to talons a lot. Talons, yeah. yeah. It's also yeah. worth noting at this point in the movie that Judas is already here. Judas shows up right away. Yeah, they're yeah. all buds. They're yeah. like they're like old chums. And Judas is basically Batman. In this world, he's he's been hired by like the zealots to like take out Roman soldiers like at night. Yeah. Like he he's 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 action movie Jesus. Yeah. Um and he also speaks with a a thick Brooklyn accent. Yeah, he just yes. talks he's just talking like himself. He's just talking like himself. Yeah, we are we are not going fully from the biblical narrative. And it says no. as much in the fucking no. title card. It's yeah, like yeah. this is not yeah, actually this is, taking this is fan the gospel, fiction, really. I mean, from my perspective, the, the most offensive thing about this movie is Jesus building crosses and participating in the crucifixion yeah, of, of, other of his fellow Jews yeah. to the point where he's holding the cross as the nails are being driven yeah. in. That seems to be and he gets um, blood splatter on yeah, his face. The most yeah. explicit, like he is a he is a, he has committed the crime of complicity right. with the Roman Empire. There's an interesting. I think I think that image is was really striking yeah. to me, and I hadn't remembered it from the first time I saw it. But like, the, especially in the Catholic tradition, I'm sure for the, the blood of Christ and, and being bathed in the blood of Christ yeah. is such an, an invoc evocative and and sort of central tenet rhetorically mm -hmm. for the one of the first scenes of the film to be have Jesus being sprayed with the blood right. of another Jew. Yeah, that he's sort of like. He also claims to, to be the Messiah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also in Protestantism, you know, are you washed in the blood and that soul cleansing blood of the lamb? Right. Yeah. Like and and that image even is at the end of Ben-Hur, right? Um, yeah. Judah's mother and sister, the lepers, end up being cured of their leprosy because the streams of blood are flowing down mm -hmm. from the cross and get oh, into wow. the water and, and touch mm. their skin. So I misunderstood what was going on here pretty severely. Okay. I thought <laughs> that like this was a dream because then in the yeah. next scene you see him waking up and I was like, was everything that just happened to 
dream is it's a flashback. Oh, interesting. Oh, I, I just yeah, th- that th- was my first impulse. This too, actually flash. follows a linear timeline. There mm-hmm. is no flashing back or jumping back and forth mm-hmm. in time, but no. it's it, it, it's disorienting. It's super disorienting yeah. and maybe not always in a good way. Well, I, mean, I think, <laughs> I think yeah. that's true. I think something that like the movie preserves from the novel in an interesting way is that everything kind of has a dreamlike quality. Kazantzakis writes a world that is imbued with magic because he's writing from the point of view of like, this is just maybe how ancient people experience the world. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So like in the novel, there's like an interesting where, where uh, when Jesus is baptized, uh, there's like references to water nymphs and and jinn oh. and like bowing down to him. And I think Scorsese does a, does a pretty okay job of like the, the the sort of boundaries of like spirit and magic and like the real world and and like dream and vision and are all very yeah. porous. And, yeah. and so you get a lot of these really disorienting like cuts and zooms yeah. and like uh yeah he tells the stories of miracles actually in the aj later and uh aj and i later are going to talk about tarkovsky's movie stalker mm-hmm. which portrays miracles in the same way there are basically no special effects in the movie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah i know it's just um they cut and then there's an apple tree right yeah, yeah. i will say for this entire opening sequence it's really good that the whole messiah thing worked out for jesus because he is a terrible carpenter true, true. <laughs> those crosses look like fucking shit very, very poorly constructed well, they're, you know they're what are well, they gonna they're just they're functional they, yeah, they, yeah they meet their purpose <laughs> but i think i think but i think it's it's like important for the for the sort of understanding of that is that like there is never a moment where he's thinking of these people as false prophets yeah there is never a moment right. where he's thinking of them as not messengers of god this is a world where people speak to god and he is going yeah. to help the Romans kill as many of them as he yeah. can. Yeah. So that God yeah. will leave him the fuck yeah. alone. Whereas Judas, on the other hand, is, you know, being even more severely violent. And he's basically fucking Sam Fisher, honestly. Yeah. Like, he's just going out there and just sneaking up behind uh, guys and just like. And this is speaking so much. This is this is. I think my favorite Assassin's thing about Creed this movie, yeah. this is speaking to the reality of of the place and time you see like you. I feel like you really feel what it is like to be in occupied Galilee in occupied yeah. Judea yeah. Yeah. at this time to to have the Romans constantly breathing down your neck in this in this this desert yeah, uh, yeah, and, well, and surrounded yeah. by like and, and having these competing religious groups, these zealots who are going and assassinating people, but also may, you know, you have Pharisees, you have Sadducees, you have all of these different religious groups that are erupting all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is one of many. Can we talk about how gay this movie is for sure. a second? Yeah, huh? This movie is gay. Yeah. yeah. And what, a movie written by Paul Schrader, <laughs> <laughs> a little gay. Well, and that was actually the initial reason why the initial, um, uh, release of this was pushed off why the initial studio dropped it was because they got a hold of the script and like they were they were less concerned about just having sex but with how gay it was yeah i mean the, the, the kisses that happen in this movie yeah. between men these are not this is not your traditional you know judas betraying jesus with a little peck on the cheek it is yeah. uh it's um, yeah this wah, is this is not you your know? typical like two middle eastern men greeting each other right. with a kiss this right. is yeah. this is full on the mouth uh, john the baptist kisses yeah. him on the mouth yeah. in the same way yeah I think, I think it's really i think so another thing that i sort of found interesting about the controversy too is that like part of the controversy is just ahistorical, right? Like I think yeah. like like the idea of men being more affectionate with each other in a physical way is just that's just true. Yeah. Or right, like, right, right. And and and, and the, a different ha- like 
people in the ancient world having a very different relationship to sexuality and the human body, like drawing the lines differently between what's profane and what's like normal and acceptable is also just like true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so like, you know, like, and you don't even have to go back that far. Like, you know, the Renaissance artists loved drawing Christ's boner. Like they sure. loved, oh, they sure. loved they, it. It was it. called it was called ostentatio genitalum, right? <laughs> and it was like this this like artistic thing where it was like you didn't show Christ's penis, but you showed like the cloth flowing in a certain sure. way so mm-hmm. that it looked like he had a boner because the idea was that like that was very humanizing. Yeah. And so the idea of like Christ's having sex is like controversial. In, in to the extent that it is and for the reasons that it is yeah seems to me very like you, you find like a lot of a lot of like conservatives on like alt-right conservatives online talk about this thing of like the uh uh the like the 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 error of presentism yeah. which is like imposing mm. our stuff on the past yeah and it's like that's really most of what they do movements that are at most like from the 19th century right well and it's interesting Bringing up the gay Jesus thing. I'm not, you know, which like it could be gay. That's yeah. fine. When I'm, I don't have a problem but with that, like, obviously. Yeah. But what it, I mean it's, it's like, sits between, though. It sits in yeah. a place between sort of a slightly different understanding of, of, of male sexuality versus today. And I think there's also homoeroticism well, there. there is, well, yeah. for, from, from like the beginning of the post-Christ days, there have always been theories about Jesus Christ being homosexual. Christopher Marlowe, it was testified yeah. against him in court by Thomas yeah, yeah. Kidd that he said that Jesus was gay. Of course, one of the best movies, the gospel according to St. Matthew, one of the the absolute greatest movies about Jesus was made by Pasolini, Mm -hmm. who was himself a, a gay man. Uh, and a Marxist, but did not make, yeah, and did, but he didn't depict Jesus as gay in his film, but there was a, a whole moral panic in the early eighties before even the, the green lighting of the last temptation of Christ that Hollywood, them, them Jews in Hollywood was making a, a gay Jesus movie. There oh. were chain letters that were going around. People oh. were writing to their oh. local newspapers and to local like theaters saying, do not show the gay Jesus movie that that was going to portray the life of Christ as though he were Was this a, a homosexual thing? No, it didn't exist. Urban there is no such movie. There's no huh. such it's movie that ever existed. I feel like oh, that, that, that this idea of like this fixation on Jesus Christ's masculinity has, yeah. re, has, re, has come back. Yes. Um, yeah. In weird, all, on like, like alt-right Twitter. Punisher, yeah. Sc- yeah. Punisher yeah. Skull Jesus. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like, yeah, this idea of like, uh, like that Jesus was like not, he's, he's, he's too feminine and the yeah. church has become too feminine. You sort of see that a lot now. Mark Driscoll. Um, yes, right. Yes. But I do, I, what I will say is that like, I, I think a lot of that that sort of like wispy you, when you said about like Jesus not blinking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. A lot of that has to do with like what Scorsese was saying about like just divinity, right? Like yeah. this is not, this is a space alien. He's not like a person. Yeah. He's like, yeah. um, and then yeah. I think what we see with like uh, Bronx Judas here uh, in this movie, Harvey yeah. Keitel's Bronx Judas. I mean, even, even Willem Dafoe is, is uh, my favorite. I mean, we're getting ahead of it, but my favorite, one of my favorite deliveries in the movie is the miracle at Cana where he's like, well, what's in those? What's in those? And oh, yeah, the guy's like, oh. like, no, he's, check like it again. he's like, no, check it again. It's water. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, no, yeah. no it's, it's water. He's like, no, just go check. Yeah, right. Like, you know, and it's like, it's, it's like a, he's just like a guy, you know? Yeah, and it's, it's like, very like New York. It's like, nah, no, I fixed it. No, check, yeah. check, go check. AJ, what, <laughs> go what, were, you, what were you wanting to say though I about? I feel like the movie kind of is half in, half out on it in that Willem Dafoe is all in on doing a bisexual Jesus. Sure. Like it is the longing look 
looks that he gives Judas in certain moments. Yeah. This, mm-hmm. this sort of sort it, of like it, it's every bit as longing as the looks that he gives Mary Magdalene when he yeah. goes mm-hmm. and watches yeah. her have sex with a customer. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there, there is sort of like this longing for sexual co- connection with Judas. The problem is that Harvey Keitel is not in on the in on the gay relationship aspect of it or if he is he's keep he's so pushing it down sure. that it's almost imperceptible this is my problem with Kaitel in in particular in this movie is like he is he, he has a certain stiffness isn't quite the right word but like he's kind of made out of rock mm. yeah all time. his face does not yeah. you know i say that as an actor who has a lot of the same problem honestly like there there is this sort of impenetrable new york accent yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's interesting right because i this was from the very beginning i actually was pretty sold on judas for that exact reason what i see in his portrayal is a man who has something inside of him that wants to get out but he just refuses to let it out mm. and so he replaces that with violence mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah i think that's interesting yeah. and as far as the longing goes i mean i think that there's something and and to be clear like all I meant earlier was that, like, I think homoeroticism was probably just a lot more normal back then. Right. Not yeah. that it, not that it was wasn't gay, but that. Yeah. But but also that, like, I think something that Defoe gives is this. Uh, one of my my favorite lines in the movie is like, uh, if I would if I were an axe, I would cut. If I were a fire, I would burn. But I'm a heart, so I love. Um, mm-hmm. And and there's yeah. that sense of like he is just consumed by this ability to love. Right. And no one else is. <laughs> no one else he knows is, and no one else can. And he is he cannot connect. And there are these people in his life that are so important to him that he wants so badly to connect with. Yeah. And and there is such a there is such a catharsis to go back to what you were saying, AJ. There is such a catharsis when he and Judas fall asleep in each other's arms. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Um, it's very lovely. He is. He's broken that barrier. Yeah, He's broken a barrier between them that they, 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 they get into this discussion and then they fall asleep together. So we've talked a fair bit now about sort of what makes Willem Dafoe's performance as Jesus sort of distinctive. We'll talk more about it. We've talked a yeah. bit about Harvey yeah. Cartel as Judas. I want now to bring in sort of our third kind of main principle, which is Mary Magdalene. Yeah, the first time we see Mary Magdalene is an inversion of like the Stations of the Cross, right? She walks up to him as he is carrying that other man's cross yeah. and she spits in his face. Yeah. Right, rather than applying. And that's just because eyes. he's a collaborator, basically, yeah. and she's yeah. mad about it. Yeah. And it's not like he's not not into it. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, he's a little well, into they it. Are, he's a little... They are. Well, because well, he he he's taking that punishment. Yes, right. Exactly. Yeah. The same way that he is flogging himself, that he is wearing this this spiked Silas. belt. Yeah. yeah, it's Jesus as masochist. He, he wishes yeah. to take as much of this this pain and this torment as possible because he does not want to be the chosen of God. And I think that what Barbara Hershey does in this performance that is so impressive from the beginning Mm. is that she shows us what drives her, what drives Mary Magdalene. And this is certainly in terms of like, does it hew to or stray from the biblical account? I would actually say that Mary Magdalene in this movie is the furthest from the biblical account Mm -hmm. in that in that she has an inner life. Right. Yeah. Well, she's also, a real person. Also, Mary Magdalene is not a prostitute in the Bible. Right. That right. Is, right. That that's, is a, yeah. that's a an invention thing. of tradition. Yeah. Um, right. But but you know, well, and Konstantinakis does it one better, and she's a prostitute, and it's Jesus's fault. Yes. Uh, right. Yes. Right. Because right. they knew each other as children, and he rejected her right. as right. a child. They were betrothed. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that's a little like they, they, they sort of dance around this a little bit because what happens is you know Jesus goes into her brothel and he watches her doing it and he's yeah. all like, oh, I'm so horny. Because well, 
because well, there's a know. whole queue of people right, that he's right, waiting right. in who are who all like one by one he's going out sex with Mary Magdalene. He's, he's there's also a snail lady waiting online. Yeah. Yeah, there's a snail lady who's just covered in snails. I'm yeah. like, is the snail lady in line for Mary Magdalene? Turns out she's not. I'm not sure what she was doing there, but she's, she had a lot of snails. She was yeah. a snail vendor. She was a snail vendor. Yeah. But when the, put him on your dick. The first big encounter then that we get between <laughs> Jesus and Mary Magdalene is that he's the last up and they have a pretty charged conversation. She's nude. We get like a hint of their past relationship. Yep. Paul Schrader is not as interested in that that concept yeah. of like yeah. the rejection. of he, Paul Schrader weirdly is less uh, weird about women <laughs> yeah. than maybe the original book is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Book, yeah. Right. We, uh, all we really get here as written in this script is that Jesus fucked her over at some point. Yeah, they they yeah. have known each other. She rejects him in the same way Judas is rejecting him because he is a collaborator with mm. the Romans. Yeah, um, it, it does lend some weird things of like Jesus is always watching you. I was watching this scene yeah. going. So this is what Christians imagine sex is. Oh, yeah. It's just Jesus sitting in the corner watching while you bang. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> he's, going, he's sitting there in the in the vestibule like I don't consent. <laughs> <laughs> just jerking it furiously. I like your Jesus voice, Matt. It's really weird. <laughs> it's his Well, OK, hey. but, but that's the other thing about Jesus in the movie, right? Is he's a weird little dude. He's a yeah, weird he's guy. A weird he's little a guy. weird little guy. And that's the thing is like Willem Dafoe even at his like most like because he, he really is like 30 32 right. in this movie yeah. and it's like most beautiful he still has pretty crazy teeth he's got, right he's he has got, very sharp incisors and just sicko yeah. energy in general yeah. because Willem My Dafoe is just a sicko has yeah. a big yeah. crush on Willem Dafoe and she says it's mm. because um, she likes guys who are sexy but ugly <laughs> and <laughs> sure yeah, he's he's kind of ugly, isn't he? Like, yeah, no, I get it. What does yeah. your dad think? No, of yeah. no, no, but she—I mean, that's her. Like, I don't know. She has like a she has like a thing for guys that look kind of skeletal. I will say, yeah, yeah. I will say, like, he's a weird dude. He's kind of yeah. gobliny. Yeah, yeah. When um, I, I mean, green, he was per, he was perfectly cast in that movie. I once held the door uh, at the public once uh, while I was on a date, and when I turned back around, Willem Dafoe had walked out, mm. and he was like two inches from my face, and he said, "Thanks," and I involuntarily <laughs> screamed. <laughs> He's uh yeah I think that I mean uh, this goes back I think to the conversation about like like whether Jesus is like whether it's true that Jesus is as susceptible to sin in this movie mm. as anyone else and I think that like what we sort of see is that like he's got like spiritual Dunning Kruger mm. like he's mm. like he's he's so good that he thinks he's disgusting. You know yeah, what I mean? Sure, yeah, yeah. He's like so he he hates everyone else in the movie thinks he's a fucking nerd. Like right. everyone yeah. Judas doesn't like him cuz he's like you should take action. You're doing this shit for the Romans blah blah. blah. Right, yeah. right. You know, he doesn't fuck. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't like drink. He doesn't hang out. Nobody likes him right. because all he does is like be very depressed and punish himself yeah. and hate. But it's like it yeah. it seems to just come from like this enhanced spiritual awareness that he has yeah. uh that he's able to like see and be vulnerable to that kind of like self-hatred yeah it makes me yeah. think of like notes from underground they end up really talking to each other and it's pretty charged and she's like hey why don't you just touch me and tries to put his hand on her body but he's like ah oh, no way right yeah you won't do it how yeah. did we feel about sort of this interaction and how it sort of sets up the relationship here did this work for you did the stakes work for you did it ground it effectively for you the, these early parts of the movie are the parts that work the best for me oh interesting, oh, interesting. It makes everything so 100 percent personal mm. it gives you a lot of historical like context and exoticism or whatever you know even if it's just invention 
but it is very much grounding everything that you know about Jesus in like his past without you having to see the past. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, It is like, Oh yeah, this is someone he knows. This is someone he knows. This is someone. So he doesn't have to get Mm -hmm. to know everybody. There's also some really wonderful work of like how to read the movie, right? Like there's some really like lovely, he sees the snake and then there's the snake above the door. Mm -hmm. And then. Yeah. The snake has like a symbol for a prostitute. He he doesn't want to go in. (laughs) And then the other guy, oh, he sees the lizards, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, And the other guy, the other guy. Falls off the branch in a piece of very good physical comedy (laughs) from the lizard. uh, the, The guy walks by him and he's like, he's struck by how like impressive that man is and thinks mm-hmm. that he must be an angel. Right. Like yeah. it's, it's like really doing a lot of work and talking to us about the world of the, of the film. It's a nice payoff because of what happens later in the film that they do eventually end up having sex, that there is a nice tease here of mm. like, Oh, there's like sexual attraction here. Well, and Jesus then is just not going to act on it in sure. order to like fulfill his. And, and well, and more importantly than that, and this is something that we'll get more into at, at the end, but um, it's not, it's not that he has sexual desire for her. He has a deep romantic love for right. her. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Which, it is not puerile. The two things aren't differentiated or like no, they're no. not there's not like a there's not like a strong barrier between them. I no. think I think especially Mary Magdalene like makes the case for like the body's role in mm-hmm. love and in existence and in right like the importance of 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 your physical and, uh, experience of the world. And mm-hmm. and it's it's yeah. it's bolstered as well by Mary the other Mary. Uh, mm. who, who's also not his mother, who, right, again, right, right. these are all these are all right. conflated in the same way in many different parts well, of tradition. And textually and conflated. Yes. Because what is it? The angel says about one yeah. woman in the world. Anyway, uh, Mary and Martha, when he's sitting with them and they say, well, why don't you just go and get married and have yeah. children? That's what God is actually calling people to right. do. Yeah. Right. The sexual act is part of that. Right. Right. Yeah. I think that this he's deeply in love with her. So another thing that's like, I think really great about the way this, that the book and the film sort of present uh, Jesus is that the life he has chosen hurts other people. Yeah. The path that he's on alienates and hurts people who care about him. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why. And so like his guilt and his sin here is what he did to Mary, what he believes he's done to Mary, which again is more explicit in the novel that his rejection of her, like they were betrothed. He decided he could not get married and pulled away and that shamed her and sent her on this right. path. And that's fallout of, of yeah. his ministry, right? Like his need to like live the life that he's living. And so that I think is like the sort of like negative. I mean, we see, we you know, there's always like the who are you woman yeah. stuff. But like, I think that's very like the way that it alienates him the way that it, it hurts people who love him, the way that uh, it draws kind of, it, it causes people to dislike him. Right. In the morning after, he's like, yeah, I got to go. And he yeah, just he, does. he goes out yeah, into he, the wilderness. And this is not the first trip. This is not the the lone trip into the desert. Mm-hmm. This is the trip to see the, uh, the ascetic, mm-hmm. uh, who is also not the ascetic he'll see later, which is John the Baptist. This is some other guy. Yeah, I love old men beckoning me into yurts. <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> So, yeah, he goes and sees that guy. That guy dies. I didn't fully understand what was going on here. Yeah, okay, so yeah, apparently here the guy a, was already dead. Yeah. This, is a question, this? this was a question I had. Um, he, he walks in and this this what we later learn is a force ghost basically <laughs> says right. that uh, the old the oldest man in the monastery has died. Like the old wise man of the monastery has died uh, and they're going to hold a funeral for him tomorrow. So you should meditate here and sleep or whatever. My question is, why is there a monastery? Why are there monks? 
if uh, there's no Jesus yet. Well, well, I think they're I think they're like they're just they're like not Christian monks. They're like yeah, well, like, were there like monks the, before like Christianity? Yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah, my basic yeah. yeah, question. Well, okay, Buddhism, yeah, yeah. for sure, well, and Hinduism. <laughs> yes, like but like monastic they're, traditions. They're old, yeah, like, sure. It's a monastic tradition. Right, right. I, I guess I guess what struck me was just like being in the Holy Land at, during this time. If there were monasteries, yes. again, in, in this Jesus time. was one of so many things, and there were like the when we talk about the the uh, Dead Sea Scrolls that came from the Essenes, right, who were themselves right, right, a right. separatist group. Oh, okay, a small group of people who lived in these these caves of Qumran. Right, that's what that's more, like i think it's scorsese in the commentary explicitly draws a connection to the essenes mm -hmm. um in this in this moment but yeah. a lot of but again this is invention i don't think there no, this yeah. has any sort of parallel in any kind of christian or gnostic tradition yeah right. it's just basically an excuse for jesus to purge himself of uh the two snakes that are living yeah. inside of him well, well and a lot of this I, I feels kind of eastern too yeah. a lot of this starts yeah. to feel especially like him going out to the desert alone which makes the most sense of that chapter that i think I've I've ever had uh -huh. of like Jesus mm. is actually having to prove himself rather than and then this just happens right. it's the thing that he does to get tempted right um, it's actually a purification of the self this feels like reading Herman Hesse yeah this feels like well, Siddhartha it, it feels you know? like oh sure, doing, sure yeah yeah it feels like it's doing a similar thing yeah right? and then he had to stand on one foot for 147 days or you know whatever whatever it was mm -hmm. yeah yeah what what we get out of this though with Jesus's trip to hang out with the ascetics yeah is uh, who all look like Jesus impersonators yeah like it's Willem Dafoe and then everyone around him who looks like they could play Jesus yeah what they look well, more like what, Jesus yeah what we yeah. sort of get from this or what Jesus I guess gets from this is his sort of reason to continue but also showing us that he's stuck right this is a crux for character well, but development it's for him. showing him that I thought what, what I drew from the scene is yeah. that the visions he is receiving truly are from the Lord. Oh, sure. In this case, like this is his proof that this is not from the devil. This is from on high. But we also I mean, get a very, also, uh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. So we get an interaction with the other ascetic who's there too, where Jesus says something that's kind of interesting, where we get the sense of where he's at in this moment. He says, yeah. Lucifer is inside me. He says to me, you're not the son of King David. You're not a man. You're the son of man and more the son of God. And more than that, God. Do you want to ask me anything else? Like he's fucked up at this point. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. know where he stands. This, this yeah. is one of those lines that they kept talking about on like Oprah. He says, you know, Jesus says Lucifer is inside me. And it's right. like, it's very clear that he's saying the devil is talking to me, which is canonical. That's just <laughs> the Bible. Yeah. That's just the Bible, guys. That's, that's yeah. just text. Um, yeah, I, I think what he, I think this scene, uh, my understanding of it is like he's, he doesn't know what to do with any of this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And he goes out there. He's like, well, maybe I need to be a monk. And yeah. the monks are like. So it's it's like playing this. Yeah, you you can achieve your perfect spiritual self by becoming by by climbing to the top of a mountain and sitting cross-legged for the rest of your life, or you can actually bring the truth of God to other people. And, and what and so like which one is more right? Is one more right? Mm -hmm. Well, maybe one is more right for Jesus. Right. Right. And Jesus steps right out of that yurt where he's been, <laughs> you know, bearing his soul and. Uh, Judas is there again. Hey, uh, yeah. What's going on? This is kind of weird. This this, this felt a little dreamlike to and me. And that was again yeah. where I was like, is this a flashback? Is this a flash forward? What's yeah, going on Judas, here? Judas just found out again, I guess the spy network. Yeah, tracked him down. Like, he's Sam yeah, Fisher. Zealots, he yeah. knows. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's he's had tabs on him because he's had uh, a hit taken out on him. Old yeah. Jesus has. Yeah, and Judas Diana Burnwood is, is in his ear. There and she's we go. Like, uh, well, here's your he mission, Judas. Does he not tell Mary where he's going? Yeah, he does. He says something. He's like, I need I'm sure there's a lot of desert around. Yeah, I need your forgiveness. 
forgiveness. I mean, I'm yeah, go it's for, a big or desert. Is there that much desert around? No, that's a we question. don't know. Yeah. And that's the other thing, again, yeah. going back to like, ultimately, I stopped asking questions about the internal logic of the movie and I just yeah. kind of oh, let yeah. it be. No, yeah. Yeah. And then I started enjoying it more. Yeah, sure, yeah, no, no, sure. It's, it's really, really fun. There's this movie is is so much fun to watch. Like it's 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 long, but you don't ever feel exhausted by it yeah which was that was like a lot of the main complaints in actual critical reviews of the movie was like there are shots that are too long there are moments that i didn't i didn't get that at all no maybe we maybe it's because aj and i just watched a tarkovsky movie which is very slow (laughs) i mean i'll i'll dissent here and say that i did find it a little much at times and i i did want to be like are are there specific specific moments Um, that I think when we it, it, maybe more toward a little bit later on when okay. we actually got to the traditional like passion of the Christ where yeah. I was like, I get it. I get it. Okay. So I like, get I it. This part, right? Like yeah. we've been there. Yeah. Well, the most interesting <laughs> things about this movie is when it sort of subverts the traditional biblical right. narrative. Right. The yeah. least interesting parts are when it tightly follows it. Right. Sure. Yeah, oh, yeah, I, yeah. I agree with that entirely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I will say the restraint they actually show for the passion in this movie compared to most other depictions I've ever seen of the passion. Like, I actually thought it went pretty quick. Yeah, they, they cut. I think they cut out a lot. But, sure. But I can see where it's just kind of not as interesting. Yeah. Judas says, you have to talk to John the Baptist. Right. Mm-hmm. John, the the Baptist, John, baby. John will know. Yeah. And then so that he goes to John. And his like his hippie party. Right. And also and, and Judas is also like, oh, look, right. but yeah. I'm going to I'm going to like be watching you. Yeah. And if you don't stay on that trajectory. You're done. You're dead. I'm slitting your fucking throat. And John the Baptist is an absolutely unrecognizable Andre Gregory. Yeah. He is leading what seems to be a rather ecstatic tradition. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Not ascetic at all. There are people basically sucking and fucking in the Jordan River. And by this point, too, Jesus has already accumulated his apostles. Yeah. He's done a few of his. uh, He's done the Sermon on the Mount. He's got the sons of Zebedee following him. I also think crucially, like to our earlier point about like how the ancient world responded to this stuff yeah. nobody bats an eye like judas and jesus arrive here and they are not shocked by anything they see really. yes oh yeah, yeah. No, this is just a normal and, fuck and party also, in the gym. also um zebedee is played by irvin kirshner yeah. the director of the empire strikes yes. back yeah, yeah he is. <laughs> a very good performance oh, he's wonderful and he's not like he doesn't have a lot of acting roles but he he, he nails it here. but it's it's something that's kind of fun about the way that this is presented is yeah. that you do see jesus amassing a following yeah. but it's almost in spite of himself Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like when he goes yeah. out there and delivers these messages, most of the people are like, dude, what? Like, and, and this is <laughs> let true. us throw stones. So we much wanna. of this is like true to the gospel because right. Jesus will do something and then people will be like, okay, I get his thing. And then he'll flip. Um, there's one where he goes and heals lepers and they're mm-hmm. like, oh, you, you are, you are him. You're the one who's been sent for us. He's like, don't fucking tell anyone. Right. Yeah. Right. There are people yeah. who walk up behind him and they say the king of the Jews is here. You know, the Messiah is here. Mm-hmm. God, the well, son of God is here. And he casts them out because yeah. they're demons. Right. Uh, you know, he has this whole moment where he uh, begins to give a sermon after he saves uh, Mary and then he incites a riot by accident and, and yeah. like, doesn't, yeah. is, is, it's a failure. It yeah, he says, work. no, you don't rebel against Rome. Yeah, yeah. You have to, you have to fight them with your love. Right, right, yeah. right. And then they, yeah. they run off and he's yeah. like screaming after them. I, I don't know. I, I'm so taken, I think, by Willem Dafoe's performance yeah. Yeah. as mm-hmm. like a guy. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Just and like, that, he's, that he's that not very wispy. Confusion. He's so, and humility is always present in this. Yeah. We do not get the nozzle Jesus. Right, yeah. right, right. Peter, I tell you, and, before and the cock he's crows also, three he's times. So yeah. mad when yeah. they're throwing he's so, stones at him. He's, he's just yeah. like he's so yeah. mad. Don't do this. When he when yeah. he humiliates Jebedee, yeah. he 
is he's 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 pleased with himself. And and this movie uses this, you know, it takes this is another conflation, right? This is something that people sort of repeat, but in the Bible, it's just a woman. It yeah, is very yeah, much yeah. A, an unnamed woman. Yes. Um, and Jesus rescues her, you know, the cast the first stone if you if mm. you have no no sin in you. This movie uses it to such clever effect by also using this as the moment where Jesus washes someone's feet. Mm-hmm. And we see also the yeah. the affection, and we because like I know, you know the Pope does this. The current Pope uh-huh. will wash people's feet and kiss their feet. And we see the kissing of feet as like a normal part of of showing reverence and showing respect. And he's showing reverence and respect to a woman who was just about to be executed, right? For yeah. for being the lowest type of person you can be in the society. And so yeah. at this point, once we get to John the Baptist, now all of this has been pulled in. And again, it's like mm-hmm. John the Baptist's cult is like a weird freaky sex cult it he, seems he has, he has it almost seems like he has no control over it's them. wild like they're like this was also mm. scorsese's kind of perspective on talking about it is like he sees this as like some people are following him and then other people are like getting out there and just going crazy and he was using sort of what's happening in the philippines around easter you know mm-hmm. people and, and and the penitent movements and people who will flagellate and crucify themselves mm-hmm. um as part of its own sort of ecstatic tradition it's also yeah. a mm-hmm. very like late 70s kind of feel yeah. these hippies yeah. Yeah. yeah um yeah. this is jesus christ superstar really is what it feels like it's more like hair so he's, john the baptist is uh he's he's excited to see jesus but actually Actually, there end up being pretty significant differences of opinion between the two of them about what should happen next. And that's so interesting because it's playing again off of the actual scripture of like, no, you need to baptize me. No, who do you say I am? Like Mm -hmm. Jesus needs the proof and John the Baptist needs the proof. And it's who's going to give first. Uh You got to give. And yeah. And and John's proof is all the sound dropping out. Um, I thought that was a really uh, Mm -hmm. super effective. And it's not even it's not a full like seventh seal, like all Mm -hmm. the sound dropping out. You still have the the regular foley of the water washing up against their ankles as they stand the in the river, but it's the most all important. of, right, yeah. but it's yeah. all the sound of, of the people and right. the drums and everything else yeah. that is gone. So you right. have, it's, it's, it's a very narrow and specific isolation of sound as to only hearing the things that are touching the body. I didn't even think about that. Um, like that and yeah. then he baptizes Jesus the wrong fucking way. Like a goddamn fucking Catholic or CRC little bitch. Yeah, he like some goddamn Episcopalian. Well, they don't call him John the Episcopalian for no, fuck's sake. I, he's no. not the trickler. This is not an anointment. That's a different thing. Jesus has to be put under the water. It means submerged. It's not deep enough. I don't, well, they should have gotten deep enough water. That's I wasn't right. in the budget. I mean, I think there, there are points where you see that you see that intense reduction yeah, of budget. And I, I, think that, I assume it probably like, was. Like yeah, they but. Just, yeah. But I think the, um, yeah. Um, I, again, I, I mean, I keep pointing, I keep I, uh, referring back to this, but I, I also, I just really, really enjoy the ways that this scene takes away our sort of like modern projections of like what a reverent religious. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, and like, and, and I think like sort of unfortunately like Western ideas of what this would look like, 
uh, it, it takes them away. And yeah. there are drums and they're singing and not even, no one's really listening to John. No. He's, he's just kind yeah. of, but it doesn't it's seem an... like he wants to hold court either. He's no. taken with a spirit and he's yelling into the, and, yeah. and everybody's, and, and there's dancing, but there's also just, there's just gesticulating. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, uh, and, and, and people shivering and people, uh, you know, like it, it's, it's, it's vocalizing and, and it's and John the Baptist lo-fi. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like, a, it's like a very, it's a, Baptisms to study and relax. People are, yeah. yeah it, it's like it's it's not it's not what we think of when we think of like a religious moment. It's not what yeah. we think of when we think of uh, the world does not stop. The sky does not open up. The dove does not come down. But it stops for them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And these aren't. But and these aren't European people. Yeah. Right. These aren't yeah. like European people from like. 1892 these are yeah. like these are these are you know this is a, a different tradition and I, these people look different and they act differently and they respond to spirituality differently and they uh they don't know the story yet yeah <laughs> and i think yeah. the yeah. point yeah. too of it being a very individual moment for the two of them is extremely important because that's sort of what this movie is trying to do it's trying to be like what was the actual what could the actual individualized experience of a human jesus be mm -hmm. yeah. what might that look like what might that feel like and so when we have the conversation next between john and jesus where john's like hey there needs to be a revolution yeah. and you got to be the guy and jesus yeah. is like i don't know man yeah. like i just want to love everybody yeah. right yeah. it feels really real to that kind of guy, a guy who doesn't necessarily want to have to make waves, but is increasingly right. realizing that maybe he's going to have to. And, and like yeah. Jesus is a, you know, the Messiah, the most unique man alive. Right. But John the Baptist is much stranger and more extreme than Jesus in his depiction in the Bible. Yeah. Of yeah. course, that all gets washed out. When Sackcloth you, and ashes. Yeah, I mean, he's wearing, a, he's wearing a hair shirt. Right. And eating honey right out of the fucking beehive. And locusts. And locusts. <laughs> well, in the movie, he's really tapped into something. I mean, like, yeah. I loved yeah. one of the, probably the most disturbing thing in the in the movie is when because of how scary looking Andre Gregory is. <laughs> when I would when not have dinner with this Andre. No, 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 I would not. He walks up behind John. John, this is before you see John's face. Yeah. He walks up behind him and then before he can say or like get his attention or anything and everything's so loud. It's not like he hears him. He just yeah. spins around and goes, who are you? Yeah. yeah. Like right into Jesus's face. Yeah. And it's like super fucked up and scary. Uh, and you, haunting, you, it yeah. feels powerful. And I, and I feel like that's in some way the, the some of the value of that seeing the monastic group from earlier is like you you can get the sense of like there are other guys doing this right now and they're doing right, it in right, different right. ways yeah. we are yeah. in a Very world of ways. people who do all who are do who there, there is a new spiritual yeah there's a new spirituality arising from this time where israel and galilee and samaria and judea are occupied by rome and being met at the crossroads of these roads that are being built in the in the new um far reaches of the empire and people are coming from North Africa and people are coming from Syria and people are coming from India. Like yeah. this is this is a totally new world that is is growing into something that cannot be controlled. Right. And this this ends up being a problem for Rome later on. And so at this point, Jesus now is increasingly coming to the understanding that he needs to do something. Yeah. All of these movements are happening. They're happening in different ways. And he's going to have to come down in some way, shape or form. He can't just keep existing. Yeah. So yeah. when we get back, we'll talk a bit more about what that looks like for him and for all of us. Ooh. Stay tuned. 
This week's episode is brought to you by Willem Dafoe's terrifying penis. Wait, that can't be... What was that? <laughs> Listeners, I... I think it's... I think it's in the room with... <laughs> You know, I'm something of a penis myself. We're back. Jesus has been baptized. We love it. We love to see Jesus baptized. And the other thing we love to do is see Jesus go. He's not baptized. Uh, <laughs> we love to see Jesus go into the desert and draw a circle. He lets it be unbroken, too. By and by, by and by. Yeah. He goes out into the desert and we get this shot that actually looks like the final shot of the movie The Rapture, which is a great movie. I, lo- I just love the way we used to shoot night scenes. Um, just It's just like a gigantic fucking spotlight on yep. it. Yeah. And then we get. We get the known temptations. We get the things where like these are these are the pieces that are in the four gospels yeah. of how Christ gets tempted. Because it's Mary Magdalene voices the first temptation, and then it's mm-hmm. Kytel voicing the lion. Yep. And then the pillar of fire is just some guy, I guess. Uh, it's the director of Peeping Tom with his voice blended with Martin Scorsese. Wild. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, Scorsese got a lot of his director friends in this one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's like, hey, you want to come to Morocco with me? Yeah, for yeah. A week? Right. Uh, <laughs> sure. I really enjoy that it's that there's animals coming. I mean, again, like I'm just I'm really like taken with the with the, the approach to like like the way the spirit world. Yeah. Like, right. you know, I don't think that the, the circle is not is that's extra biblical, right? Like, that's yeah, not no, that's a, not. Right. Yeah. But he draws a circle, yeah. which like. If you've ever dated a girl that was into magic, right, 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 <laughs> like you know, like you know, you know exactly what mm-hmm. that is. And he's approached again, and there's this this sense that things that the the the, the boundaries between things are porous, right? The yeah. first one is Mary Magdalene, but it's actually a cobra, right? There's right. a cobra speaking to him yeah. with Mary's voice, and she says, "Look at my breasts," and like we assume Jesus can see her, but, right? But, but we, we see, see the, the cobra. Snake. Yeah, um, I know. was looking for cobra titties really um, the entire mm. time, just scanning that whole body. You can find them on the internet. Yeah, I'm it's, sure. it's, 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 oh, yeah. Dark. <laughs> yeah, GI Joe Rule sixty three is what you do. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, and so Rule sixty three. Yes, Josh. Okay, that's where you flip the the genders on the character. That's Rule sixty three. Really? And it shows also Jesus knows how to dif- differentiate between temptation and um, revelation mm-hmm. because yeah. he knows that God, as his protector, will not allow the devil into him. Mm-hmm. Into Truly that circle. Into him. That yeah. circle so he says, is okay, the, the line. if this if yeah. you're what you're offering me is true, step in the circle. Right. And then he fr- he, he he threatens to punch out the lion, which I thought was yeah. so funny. Right. I wanted to well, see Willem Dafoe fight this lion. <laughs> well, yeah, you'll have to watch RRR for that. Yeah, yeah, well, technically true. a tiger, but there's yeah. that question of whether or not what he sees is a lion. So we we have gotten this like apple tree as a symbol before. This right. is actually one of the things that I don't quite follow, right? Mm. Before it makes sense, he's sitting under a tree, he's eating an apple, he throws the seeds out. We get he a finger. Away, it cuts back the 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 apple tree has grown right yeah right it's he's just told the parable mm. of the sower we got the the seeds mm. of the gospel etc and here uh an axe appears in the the sand next to him and yeah. he goes and he chops down 
an, an identical apple mm-hmm. sapling to the one that appeared before him. And this mm. is also the axe that John the Baptist had offered him previously, if I recall correctly, where yeah. John was like, here's an axe. You're going to have to go and hack some shit. Up. Well, you've built up this state, right? Yeah. Like you've built up this tree and now you have to destroy that previous version of yourself to become the warrior that you have right, to be. Right, right. If I forgot also ties him to George Washington. He cannot tell a lie. That's mm. true. He cut down that apple tree. I mean, like the most craven. It's a cherry. Bonza, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> cherry tree. AJ. Get his ass. Yeah. Get him. Are you, do wow, you so think... you're a Catholic with American history, too. <laughs> yeah. 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 Do you think that George Washington was Johnny Appleseed? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, we listened to that whole Adventures in Odyssey episode. <laughs> clearly, I retained so cabin. much. <laughs> clearly, I retained so much. The apple tree. I think there's like this, this idea of sin and... and Right. Uh, yeah. Um, by, by the apple. Yeah. Things of that and I nature. think that, yeah. I think that hmm. destroy the organism. I, I wonder to what extent there is also this idea at play again of like, we don't know what this symbol means and it mm-hmm. means something different in every mm. scene because Jesus's relationship to his own ministry is changing throughout his life right like the the, the he's, he's planted, yeah. and then he sees the tree differently because now the tree means well and in this, he, and pa- in this yes. case and, he he bites the apple and it starts bleeding which i thought yeah. was a really cool and, visual and this image is, yeah. this is i mean yeah this that, that's actually a very good point is like this is not following in in this sort of typical christian tradition of god is always unchanging and always all-knowing and always existing at all points in time this follows much more closely with the god of the old testament who can be convinced mm-hmm. that he is maybe incorrect about something Mm -hmm. he can change his mind and and what better way of of what better example of god changing his mind than the arrival of jesus christ to be the savior of all mankind right that is a totally different way of of god Mm -hmm. uh of this continuity of god relating to um people and to creation and jesus's journey in this movie is is very much like what what do you want from me? what do you want me to do and the big thing that he takes away from this experience of being in the desert is that he thinks at least jesus thinks that what god wants is for him to go in there axe in hand and and take out the entire existing Mm. order yeah Yeah. and what we get is one of the most metal scenes in i think any jesus story ever where Jesus returns to his 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 apostles, his disciples, and uh, rips his own oh, heart out yes, of his really own cool. fucking so chest. This is not from the Gospels. It is not from a Gnostic tradition that I am aware of. Is it of. from anything? It's not from a up? book. No. Paul Schrader wrote this scene out again, thinking oh. about the idea of people living in this magical world and Jesus as a magician. Um, performing this magical act of tearing out his own heart. Also, he holds his heart out from his body. Josh, does this remind you of anything? Yeah. A heart yeah, yeah, yeah. being He's, uh, perhaps offering it promptly, yeah. sincerely. Maybe sincerely. This is the logo for Calvin College. <laughs> oh, shit. Paul Schrader, apparently accidentally, someone else reminded him of it, but oh, he, was he was like, like oh, oh shit, definitely right. did that. Oh, yeah, that he so put in the logo for Calvin College it, as a symbol in this film. Unfortunately, yeah. the seal of Calvin College is not a hand holding like an actual beating human heart. It's no, a little it's, dinky fucking it, love it, heart. It kind of looks like a butt. When you're doing the gesture, it looks like you're holding balls. Yeah. 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 They do a cool thing where it appears that the the way that the effect is achieved is actually there's a jet shooting blood up, but yes. it looks like the blood, yeah. uh, the blood dripping from the sort of like turns the whole, uh, when Jesus rips his heart out, he's standing in a puddle yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. and that puddle then just becomes this opaque there's, red. There's a few moments like this where it's like, 
they had to create a practical effect for zero dollars. Yeah. Yeah. So they like, were just like, what the fuck are we going to do? Same as like that jet of fire when the devil is tempting him. Right. They probably just took a propane tank, opened it up and, you know, <laughs> yeah. lit a butane yeah. lighter next to it. Yeah. But it's a miracle that it doesn't look cheap at least no. another practical effects really struck me as like looking cheap there there were corners cut obviously in other areas wigs yeah. and costumes, costumes and such yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and extras, and uh, extras. <laughs> but like the practical effects are very effective yeah, yeah. well, well and, and that's the, important to this scene right jesus pulls out his heart but like that could just be anything it doesn't look like he does it with mm-hmm. any particular force defoe like uses Un- both of his hands yeah and mm-hmm. then covers whatever you know I, yeah and you can see it but i think like part of what really makes it work is that scorsese is the kind of director here yeah. who is saying like well if we can't make it look real yeah then we shouldn't try to make it, it is very really. theatrical yeah. isn't and it so, right. so the moment yeah, yeah, yeah. is like is this real is the movie saying this is a real thing that he did or is it saying that he's set up a trick right and then you see the blood in the water right boiling up from the mm-hmm. deep and you're like oh this is the real deal this mm-hmm. is something the movie is saying is is totally true and yeah. as a result of this now the message is clear for everyone yeah. that we are going to go in there and we're going to fuck Rome. We're going to bring not That's peace, the but a sword. This, yeah. is when they, yeah. this is when they walk and they're, this is when they start healing lepers, right? And yes. every single leper, it looks like he's snapping their neck. Right? Yes. They're yeah. coming up to them. He's grabbing them by the face and spinning <laughs> well, them away from I them. I had yeah. a question of whether they were lepers or whether they were the demon possessed. Oh, I, I, were, I had that question that too. Right. No, no, you're right. Because they are always depicted in the gospels as nude, whereas lepers are usually worn well, and, like and, and rags. He's, and he's, and he's, the words he's using are, he says, I cast you out. My yes, note here was, who are these nude guys coming up? (laughs) (laughs) Who are these nude guys coming up? (laughs) Jesus really is Saturday's warrior at this point because he's healing people on the Sabbath. But it's it's like he's, it's, it's like he is killing every, he's fighting yeah, them, right? Yeah. yeah. They're coming up to them. He's grabbing them by the face. It looks like he's snapping their neck. Yeah. He's throwing them to the ground, but they're, you know, but they're healed. And this is like, there's that force to it, right? Yeah. Uh, this He heals. They show him healing the the, the guy's eyes, uh, which is like one of my favorite mm-hmm. bits of, of Keitel's performance then mm-hmm. also. Uh, he heals him and then Keitel throws his arm around the guy mm-hmm. and starts bringing him to the crowd. And yeah. Going, you see? You see? Yeah, they're marketing. Yeah, yeah. They're marketing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're yeah. saying, like, look at what Jesus has done. He can do this for you, too. Yeah. And some of this, I do think, looks a little silly. The other thing that's worth noting in this part is we also do get the wedding at Cana. Yes. Um, yeah. This is where we get the thing that you were mentioning earlier, Matt, where uh, Jesus. Oh, it's so it's uh, just such a fucking it's like. so casual. I know. I know, bitch. I yeah. am. I'm the guy. It's like, like you, no, go check. Yeah, yeah. Just, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I, 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 and this is another another one where I'm gonna like I'll continue to harp on this. But yeah. like, I love the wedding. I love mm-hmm. how not a European wedding it is. Yeah, they yeah. are dressed in such extravagant. The man is wearing Middle a veil. Eastern. The man's know? wearing a. He has this 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 piece of jewelry on his yeah. face. They're, yeah, they're carrying him above their heads. There's music that you know. Uh, Jesus the, gets up and dances like uh, an interesting. The like, ring goes on the pointer finger. Yeah, that's a yeah. very important totally. distinction. Oh, the yeah, way yeah, that the yeah. woman is painted. Mm-hmm. I think it's just so. It's it's so lovely and and again just reminding us that this is not a story that took place in England and and here we're seeing Mary Magdalene as a follower of Christ mm-hmm. right this is right. really important to to the the growing movie we don't get a whole lot more extras um, but we do get this idea that there are more people coming along it's not mm-hmm. just the inner circle of of twelve men in this at this part uh, the movie really is moving I mean yes. we get right here also into this Palm is Sunday yeah, yeah, yeah. that moves and see this is where this is where I feel you were also so expressing like this is the part where you lose interest 
it doesn't necessarily feel long to me, but it is like, okay, well, we're hitting the Jesus yeah, points yeah. now. Well, we're particularly doing all the after stuff. Yeah. the wedding, I think yeah. there's something kind of special about how casual and low key Jesus's turning of water into wine yeah. is because it's so different yeah. from the normal accounting. Yeah. But stuff like Palm Sunday, this really is beat for beat the exact same thing that you grew yeah. up seeing and, in church. And, and yeah. Palm, I mean, can, I, mean yeah. can I say something yeah. about about the water into wine thing? Sure. No. I really like the, I really like the way that <laughs> Willem Dafoe like does the Leo toast. Yes. He's just it's fucking smirking. Like. It's really lovely. But the one thing I don't like adaptation wise of the story is that Mary's the one that asks him to do it in the Bible. And mm. then in the very next scene of this adaptation, he, t- he asks his mom, who the fuck are you? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's that's a little heartbreaking for me. I would have liked to have seen his mom incorporate a little bit more into this into this journey because she was so important. You know, Catholic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Come on, Scorsese. But, but yeah. yeah, it is interesting because that is something that happens in the scripture. There is this like, who are you? Oh, really? I, I don't remember that. No, yeah, yeah. mother, my father is in heaven. Okay. Yeah. But he, I mean, he walks it back. Like, it, right. this doesn't happen in the movie, but in the gospels, like, you know, he's 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 hanging well, on the cross. He's like, hey, James, take care of Ma for me. But there's, like, yeah. there's a fair amount of like, I think, scholarship also. And like, what what does he mean? Yes. Here? What is yeah. he doing? Yeah. Um, and this is playing with, again, the realism, the emotional realism, the, the, this feeling of like, I have, I have, I have, I went to the desert. I have purified myself. I have thrown away my old life. I am now I am now the Messiah where I once was a man. This might also be a good opportunity to talk a bit about the music, because yeah. this is one of the parts of the movie where Peter Gabriel's score really just is. It's 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 full. It's yeah. Swelling. It's very impressive. The music is so to. interesting. This is the first time it really feels like Peter Gabriel. Yes. Like yeah, other yeah, points, yeah. it's like, OK, here's the music. I mean, it's different because <laughs> it sits in kind of that gritty 70s. They're. They hired um, uh, a folklorist, like an ethnographer, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like someone to go around and find folk music. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. in some cases, they rewrote some lyrics to make it relevant to the moment. But, you know, it's all contemporary music from Morocco, from Syria, mm-hmm. from the Middle East, you know. Sure. And AJ, you had some thoughts about the music, didn't you? Yeah. I mean, the, the truth of it is, is that um, the only song that really popped for me in terms of me clocking it was the final song that plays over the credits, which just sounds like a Peter Gabriel song. Yes. Yeah. Straight yeah. up. Uh, it's, 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 it, it fucking just it's the bells. Of, yeah. Yeah. It's the bells of rejoicing. Right. Yeah. But the thing is, is that I could listen to that on loop for the rest of my life. Like yeah. he has composed, I think a perfect piece of film scoring in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it is interesting that I, cause honestly seeing him, his name at the end was a surprise because he hides his Peter Gabrielness for a really long time. And yeah. it's only in these moments where it comes out sort of in these like, yeah, it's, it's really the credits and this scene yeah. leading into Palm Sunday. Well, yeah. And yeah. previous and previous to this, a lot of the music in the movie is, uh, I always get this backward. It's diegetic when people on the screen yes. can hear it. Right. Yeah. Yes. Um, a lot of the music is produced by people on, screen yeah. who yeah. are playing music yes. rare nude um, people with tambourines etc yeah, totally. yeah. <laughs> they must be nude in the market you know yeah. Yeah. never play tambourines nude it's very dangerous <laughs> you just never know how are you how? playing them? No, you get caught up in them yeah caught yeah. yeah you get all twisted how are you hitting that tambourine <laughs> correctly <laughs> i mean really the problem comes when you start throwing the tambourines at each other which yeah. is a big part of like choreographed you know, tambourine choreography yes. is a really great tradition. Um, this does yeah. not happen in Southern Baptist churches, and we've had so many tambourines, yeah, let me no, tell it's, you. It's a classic situation where you're like, hey, who wants it? And it's like me, and you throw it like a Frisbee. Uh, and, see, you know, it's getting too close to dancing. Yeah. You catch yeah. it, you spin it around on your dick a little bit. You know, it's... it's <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, you get bonus points if you catch them on and each then of your, your tits. Yeah. And then your foreskin gets caught. That's why we have to give it, get Kirkumkized. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You have to be Kirkumkized, which is the Costco yeah. version of a circumcision. Uh, <laughs> so, it's taking care of your own personal what, hot dog. What bothers yeah. me here, fifty. what bothers me about Palm Sunday is that we lose the connective tissue. Everything mm-hmm. else has been like, oh, yeah. that's why he goes out to the desert. Yeah. Like, oh, that's why he gets baptized, except not really baptized because you have to be submerged. It's a Greek <laughs> word, meaning you are submerging someone. Yeah. This, that's what baptism is. And this part, it's just like, and Palm Sunday happens. You don't see the crowds gathering and gathering and gathering, and you don't see him riling everyone up to, to finally come into Jerusalem right. and bring the sword with him. And that's kind of yeah. the thing is that like once we get through the game, yeah. Then it is like, oh, wow, now we're surrounded by Romans. But because of the fact that we've been disconnected from this idea of yeah. Jesus is really, truly threatening a violent revolution, an actual mob act, we don't have something to hang our hats on. And so all of a yeah. sudden, when there's these stakes where it's like, OK, Jesus, are you going to raise the sword and fight these Romans or not? Yeah, it it, it doesn't feel connected because also that's not part of the biblical narrative. Yeah. And so you need to create that connection more explicitly in the mm-hmm. script as yeah. written in order for it to yeah. make sense. I think there's I think. like an interesting moment earlier on where Jesus quotes uh, Elijah, I believe. And he's mm-hmm. like, you know, and then I, which is, I think it, it seems that he knows like how the story's supposed to happen according to yeah, that. Yeah. And I think it would be interesting to see some of some of that sort of like, you know, like, oh, I know yeah. I have to get on the donkey. Good. Yeah. The donkey. Scorsese's relying on us, like knowing this part. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's, yeah. it's kind of we're, we're, we're kind of uh, just marking it yeah. to show some cool stuff. Um, but I, I, I one thing that does happen here that doesn't happen uh, in the Bible that I really love uh, is we find out that Paul is part uh, Saul of Tarsus yes. is yeah. part right. of part of uh G- judas's gang mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. He, he is he's one another of the zealot. zealots which yeah. is which is a it's it's according to our understanding of biblical history right yeah. he was alive around the same time as jesus but uh canonically didn't meet him right. in life yeah well, i mean where where's simon the zealot is my question where where was simon he's, during this whole geez, thing he had a big dance number in the desert uh, <laughs> that's true. he was, he was. Christ, I know I love you. Uh, there's a uh i lose time a little bit here too because like somebody comes up to judas and is like hey because uh, it, it's i think it's paul comes up to judas is like hey so yeah. when are you gonna fulfill your contract i'm like right. how long is this hit job been out on Jesus like how long have all these miracles been taking place I mean this place? was before trains and printers and all that like you could let things you know you put Slide. a contract on someone it's going to take a couple years probably and and if you and if does if it doesn't work out in one town you just go to the next town over and yeah, it's not really yeah. a problem yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Saul's problem is he finds out that Judas is one of his followers right yeah, right. yeah that's the big <clears throat> he's yeah. like oh you're you're supposed to be you. I you, thought this was just taking a long time, but yeah. you're just not doing anything. So all yeah. of this comes to a head here where, you know, Jesus is up on the actual temple, mm-hmm. right? Like he's here and Jesus is surrounded by Romans and he is questioning, should I lead the mob into a fight? Or not. This is after yeah. the money changers, right? He uh, does the whole money changers bit. Yeah, because yeah, that, yeah. that's money, actually like before Palm Sunday in this right, version. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought the tables would be bigger. Yeah, they should have flipped. They, they could have been, been they a little bigger. Well, that's so tiny. because of your Eurocentric Western standard. <laughs> that's Jesus true. hasn't invented the chair yet. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Mel Gibson is the first person to introduce a chair into a Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, that was his only contribution to this story. It, it's now back in that same temple where, yes, you're right. The, the, the casting out of the money changers had already happened. Yeah. 
Yeah. As he is deciding what to happen, another very cool cinematic moment that is not from the Bible. Yeah. Uh, his palms start bleeding. From yeah, he gets the stigmata. Nail. Um, He's basically, it's like when Jesus has a panic attack, he gets stigmata in right. this version. And, yeah. and so Jesus is like, well, they do run away for a little bit. But well, then ultimately yeah. it's like, you're going to have to turn me in. Because he sits there and he waits for God to tell him something. Right. right. And we get the narration again. Right. This is a very Paul Schrader thing where it's like he has this device that yeah. is in the beginning of the movie and it never shows up again. Except here it shows up very briefly right. again with this one tiny line of narration where Jesus is waiting on God's yeah. word. And we get this truly wonderful Scorsese shot where the Romans jump down to attack the crowds and we get a POV shot from one of the Roman centurion's penises as he's plummeting towards the earth. Yeah. So we see them falling down from above, but then we just Romans coming down. Yeah. Yeah. We, we literally get to see like his feet, hit the ground yeah. like we're in a first person shooter. And it's yeah. amazing. This movie lacks a lot of those Scorsese touches in part because Scorsese doesn't have a crane on this movie. They couldn't yeah. afford one. They had sure. a jib that was about six feet tall. That was as high. So he couldn't do any of it. You know, like Cape Fear has that like totally top down shot of the airplane coming into view. But it's like and this speaks a little bit to some of the 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 lack of uh, confidence in some of this movie. I think Scorsese is one of the mm. most confident filmmakers when he's really on it, right? Like you, you just like these crazy big swings, these unbelievable camera movements. Yeah. And here is one of, is a, is a much less confident movie because I think he is, he's less confident without that budget. He's less confident without those same materials at his hand. This is again, the first real movie that, that he made that wasn't really like operating on a, a nice juicy Hollywood budget. Well, yeah. and I also think, and this is purely speculation, hmm. but I also think on some level, it's also to do with the fact that he is working on a retelling of a story that is near and dear to the core of who he is as a person in yeah. the way that his yeah. other work is also certainly relevant, but not in the way that this is. I, I think that there's something it, to that. But also isn't a yeah. tradition that is so, uh, at that point, really established, right? Yeah, right. And he's like, yeah. I'm intentionally doing this in a weird way, and is this going to work? You know? But you don't want to buck convention too much, right, because there right. are certain things that people are expecting from a Jesus movie. Speaking yeah. of like your, your, what you were saying about the Palm Sunday connective tissue, I think yeah. something this scene achieves really well is it shows why the crowd turned on him. Oh yes, which is mm. which is they're they're so ready to go. Uh, they just they're waiting for the word, and he doesn't give it. And when Judas yeah. has to, when he sort of becomes weak and can't yeah. move, and Judas ushers him away from the crowd, they're so. They well, and it's amazing how this movie sets up these moments of like, oh, we're going to see this again. And you don't actually like mm. the the early stages of the cross right. where you don't see those same moments of but, parallel or the washing of the feet. Or you are always waiting for the moment for <clears throat> Judas Iscariot to turn on Jesus. Right. right. And yeah. then we find out he never right. does. Well, and yeah. this is another, I think, uh, another example of Jesus's path. Like when Jesus doesn't give the word, the yeah. Romans fuck that crowd up oh yeah and yeah. that's an, and that's another example i think of, of jesus's path the things that he has to do hurt people yeah you know they have numbers right like there's like 10 roman guards there yeah it looks uh, like they could take them if he had just given the word and yeah. they 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 sort of they immediately they fall apart and the romans like run through them they kill people yeah. they do everything and all because jesus was unable to give this signal or commit to violence in this way. And so once again, his purity, his pacifism, his has actually caused other people to, well, uh, to be harmed. And yeah. the thing is too, you know, Jesus's sort of indecision 
is in this movie is one of the things that keeps causing problems for him. Yeah. He, yeah. There's so many roads that he could go down, but he chooses not to commit to them. He doesn't decide to become an ascetic. He doesn't decide to just become a straight up hippy dippy guy. He can't commit to being a warrior. Yeah. He's always in search of an identity. And so this moment is also like, well, now he has basically the thing that he seemed to be committing most to this entire time He's dropped that too. So where do you even yeah. go from here? And well, but you now, ask your friend to kill you. <laughs> yeah, but now he's resolute. Now he does follow through on an idea. Right. That yeah. is the idea that he must become the sacrifice. Right. And yeah. we see all of these other blood sacrifices being made. The the blood of right. the sheep running through the it's gutters Passover. into the grates and yeah, everything. Yeah. Well, he has this wonderful line where he's like, Judas, you have to betray me. You yeah. have to like actually go through with this. He has this, he has this incredible line where he says, that's why God gave me the easier job to be crucified, which is such a cool dynamic between him and Judas that I think this version captures that I don't think I've seen in any other Jesus story. Yeah. Well, it's, it's always been an interesting thing in the way that like we talk about Judas Iscariot. Obviously the, the authors of the gospels hate this man yeah um in mm -hmm. in the bible it's like he immediately uh he either throws the money in the faces of the pharisees or he takes the money and buys a plot of land to hang himself or and his he, guts spill out yeah, all over in the book, of, in the book in the of acts he right. goes out into his field and right. doesn't even hang himself he just falls over right. and explodes because right. he's full of parasites <laughs> right like these yeah, guys yeah, yeah. fucking hated that guy but when you look at the gospel from a contemporary christian perspective everything is set to happen all of this right. stuff yep. is supposed to happen because jesus is supposed to be the sacrifice whether in the orthodox tradition of he is supposed to be the natural bridge between between man and God or from the Western tradition of he is um, the the go between and, and sort of the judicial construction of this where he is the last animal sacrifice in the same right. way that Abel's was the first. And in in doing so, you need the cleansing of the blood. And so Judas and Pilate and the Sanhedrin and Herod are all fulfilling God's purpose. And there's no real message you can draw from any of those about the sins they committed because God was setting them down the path. Yeah. Right. Well, in the way that that was always confusing for me, the way that um, the actual Last Supper in Garden of Gethsemane play out, it's pretty much one to one to the Bible. Yeah. There's almost nothing in there that is in any, any way embellished. From what's going on in the Bible, yeah, we we get true transubstantiation, yeah. baby. Yeah, well, drinking blood. I think, and I think that's actually, I think, like the one, uh, the Garden of Gethsemane sequence is sort of boring, but the yeah, the 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 Last Supper is is gorgeous. In yes. this movie, I think it's really beautifully and shot. It, it doesn't yeah. look really anything beautiful. like a medieval painting. Right, nope. they are no. not sitting at a they're tall just table. Chilling. They're right. on chairs. Right. There's yeah. no they're chairs. reclining. Chairs have not right. been invented. <laughs> no. Nope. Well, and 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 you know, Peter drinks the wine, and it becomes blood in his mouth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and of course, drips onto the palm of his hand. Right. It's it's he's it's a stigmata again. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? It's it's a, you yeah, know yeah, the yeah. way that Judas goes off and and they're like, wait, don't go. And Jesus is like, no, he's like, just let him. Again, this is just straight up the way that it is in the Bible. In fact, in the Bible, Jesus is like, you know what you got to do? Like, get out of here. You know? Yeah. Um, this has all been preordained yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because this movie is very Catholic and also very Calvinist. Yes. Somehow. Yeah, no, it, it actually is sort of like the perfect budding of heads. It's this podcast. It is, it is the mm. budding of heads between Calvinism and Catholicism. And what we get is this and sort of Southern Baptist and Southern Baptist. Yeah. Uh, but you guys we, are Calvinists too. Fuck off. Not, but like, <laughs> but, there, but okay. So here's actually, Gethsemane is actually the first moment where I had like a real difficulty with Judas's arc in this thing. Right. Okay. If you, you set Judas as a zealot, as somebody yeah. who is against the Roman state. 
at every turn. I could actually see him betraying Jesus fine in this movie. Him betray him actually cooperating with the Roman state. Sure. I feel like that is a step well, too far. And this is, I think, a problem with the with the with the excision of of, of um We don't cut away from Jesus. No, no, yeah. no. Well, I'm saying this is a problem with the excision of of uh the Herod. Herod. Oh Herod, Herod. From the because what Jesus is arrested by the temple police, right? Right, right, right. Who bring they weren't called police, but they're the they're yeah. the cops. The yeah. temple cops. The temple cops they bring That's who you are. Jesus to Pilate. Pilate says you got to go to Herod, right? And that's yeah. why, like, this yeah. is that's not my jurisdiction, yeah, one of the gospels, guys. Yeah. Right, right. Well, no, yeah. no, I know. Yeah. But what, I, no, no, but yeah, what yeah, I'm saying is that, like, is that in this, like, by cutting him out of the movie, you create that problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? Like, because well, Judas cooperating with the temple police. Well, but sure. I mean, that's yeah. what the difficulty is, right? He's been yeah. he's been told by the Son of God to do this. Right. He has to do this. He has to collaborate, and and by collaborating with the temple, he's also collaborating with. Those who are already yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right. collaborating right. with the we Romans. spoken about He's, is like the image of yeah. like Caesar's like right, right the there. statue, the statue. Yeah. Yeah. with the Caesar red in the smoke sort yeah, of yeah, yeah. billowing up around him. Yeah. Once we have the betrayal, Judas's betrayal, this happens in the pretty normal way that you would expect. Yep. Again, we get that kiss. It is a long kiss. Yeah, it is a kiss. And yeah. I, I, I there's just, love in there. There's, kiss. there's real love. It's, <laughs> it's real men kissing in the <laughs> yes. way that men men do. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. This sort of pays off. I think something really really beautiful in Judas's arc, where mm. this comes back to what we were talking about earlier. The question of like, does Judas, as portrayed by Harvey Keitel, do what he needs to be doing, right? Like, is he sensitive enough? Is he thoughtful enough? And I think that ultimately what it is here is that he wants fundamentally a reason to care, a reason to be. And the betrayal here is, yes, in part because Jesus said, hey, you got to do this. But it's also in part that Judas wanted a revolution and that revolution is not forthcoming. And yeah. so those things combine together in a way that then for Judas, I think, pairs, I am somebody who wants to see this revolution with, I am somebody who really loves this man. Both of those things come to a confluence. Yeah. And so the betrayal is the only way out. And, well, and so, and, and also, yeah. and also that this pays off in like Jesus, Judas's big third beat in this movie right, right, later right. on. Yeah. But uh, we also get a really, just because we brought it up, another really amazing practical effect here is that is, is we actually see mm. the ear reattached. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it, it seems that the way that they did it was that they have like whatever jelly, yep. like what Willem Dafoe did was rip it off and then yep. they, right. they it. just reversed it. But it, Very it's such a weird, cool. I, I just don't like no other movie bothers with that. He just, yeah. puts, he puts his hand there. He takes it away. The ear is whole. And, and the, and the and movie it, wants it, again in the same way that the heart kind of felt like it was this real. The movie's like, no, this is real. This is actually happening. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah, really yeah, yeah. attaching this see, guy's like, ear. The, weird, the skin knit back together yeah. in a way yeah. that's so gross. But, yeah. but I think again speaks to the this movie's relationship to the body and, yeah. and Jesus' yeah. like corporeality. And, and to the point I think of the body too, you know, this is really strongly emphasized in the actual passion part of this now where yeah. you know mm-hmm. Jesus goes up, we, we got the this is you know this story. Yeah, and of course, Jesus gets hung up on a cross. Yeah. Well and Jesus <laughs> yeah. first has a meeting with the thin white uh That's right. governor <laughs> is what he is in this, not yeah. a duke. Bowie's pilot is kind of interesting. David Bowie, David Bowie. baby what's interesting is this was originally gonna be Sting? It was, yeah, in the in that That's first shocking movie. Because, uh, with Bowie, it's like, oh, of course, he's a fantastic actor. I mean, right. Sting's not a bad actor himself, but he's not. No, he's not as 
than you think Bowie. of as an actor in the same way that but you I do with Bowie. Bowie is so weird in this. Yeah, movie. exactly. Yeah, yeah. They give him the so, full, they give him the full Zuckerberg so haircut. Yeah, but they, he's like, also you know, very it's a Caesar. No, I know. Part okay. of what makes it so Went weird is how detached he is from everything. And yeah. Bowie, I think, as an actor, feeds well into this because it's like. Who the fuck is this guy? This I guy, love he's this so weird. He's also this guy who showed up for like two days to right. shoot this thing. But yeah. they're having a conversation out of Sartre. Like it's not even yeah. like it's not. Yeah. It's not yeah. it, the, the conversation they have is not like one to one with the Bible. No, even though the scene is you know not like alien to like these retellings, but the right. conversation they have they have is like a philosophical one, and mm-hmm. it's like it's, it's yeah, it's, it's about like like faith and meaning yeah in the world in a way that like was very surprising yeah to me yeah well here's the thing there are two scenes in this movie that I thought you wrote Matt and this is one of them <laughs> I agree uh, this I, feels like a Matt Barbo play yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah I fucking I fucking love this scene it's so matter of fact and usually with, when you get to the trial part of the passion there's a whole bunch of people on the outside screaming right yeah. right it's just a bunch of like you you feel like the 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 sentiment of the public turning against Jesus but in this one it's two dudes in a room yep just chatting very calmly and 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 Pilate's like you know we have to kill you right for some reason yeah, yeah. it's he's, he's just grooming a horse because he has other things to do it's right. like yeah. it, it's it's sort of it's taking away the majesty in the way that the baptism also took away right. the majesty right. of it right yeah. people were just around doing other shit just as Pilate's like cleaning a horse yeah and yeah. you know the other thing is too to the point of Pilate having something else to do so do a lot of the other people. I mean, when Jesus makes it out to the actual mountain, there's not very many people there. There are no. children this playing, is, which is yeah. terrifying. This is just another day. This Why is, is that terrifying? Because there's skulls everywhere. Because <laughs> there's like bones littering the ground and there's children there's just children, running around. Children going, playing <laughs> at, the, at the public execution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's terrifying. That's, that's not, they're just kids. <laughs> I, I think the, the, the public execution is more terrifying than the kids. No, no, no. But the kids playing the normalization, normalization the of the violence is what's mm. scary to me. Part of this was just budgetary. They had their one crowd scene that they could do. Yeah. Uh, yeah and and, said, I mean, this is the important one. Uh, you know, you know, we don't bother with Barabbas or any, any of all that. Like we no. don't, we don't have Pilate washing himself clean of this. He's just some fucking functionary. Yep. Whose dad, you know, did some job up in Scotland, so he got to have this job in Israel. It's, yeah. it's weird. It's like the, the feeling that you get going into the crucifixion is like, maybe none of this actually matters. Yeah. And that's what tees up the big yeah. twist so well yeah. here. Because yeah. as Jesus is up here, you know, he gets nailed onto the cross. Yep. He's hanging up there. And we, I mean, we have the pain. We have the right? whippings and the nailings and the blood splatter. And but we, we, we avoid the stations. We, we avoid have, all the walk. We yeah. have yeah. the storm rolling in. We have, yeah, the you know, mockery. all of it. But then all of a sudden, just as Jesus is about to die, mm-hmm. everything becomes completely silent. Yeah. The clouds break and we have a really fucking annoying child actor. <laughs> I don't think. Oh, that's She's unfair. Fine. She's I didn't fine. find her much of anything. <laughs> well, honestly, that's Josh. the difference between you and me. Uh-huh. The moment okay. that this child that's actor it. showed up on <laughs> the screen, the I was like, "Use tambourines." Why are we doing this? Yeah, uh, you're you're doing too much. You're doing oh, too much. I disagree. Story. So good. Violently. Let's talk about it. Uh, I, apparently, in the book, the child is black. Uh, oh, and so yeah. they decided not to do yes, that the for the movie. The child is a little is is a is a little uh, black like because it, 
the, the logic is because it's supposed to be like a servant. Sure. You see? Uh, Do you uh, understand? Oh, it's yeah. a servant, so they have to be black. Yeah. Jesus. No, in this in this one, she looks Mormon. <laughs> she's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, yeah, she, she, she's she representative of yes. like, yeah, she is like the white evangelical Western Christian well, ideal. I think, again, yeah. this, is, this, is, this is Scorsese going like, what is like the movie language? She also kind of reminds right. me of like the, the, the Muppet that plays the Ghost of Christmas Past. Oh, sure. Muppet Christmas uh-huh. Carol. Oh, sure. Um, little just glowing blonde child. But yes, little yeah, girl. Yeah. And she's like, I'm the angel who guards you. Yeah. I'm here to, what if, what if you didn't actually have to die? You've done enough. Yeah. You've suffered yeah. enough. Yeah, yeah. What if, I mean, it's a wonderful life. We're, 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 we're finally moving into yeah. it's a wonderful life for Jesus. Like what, what would happen if uh, you got down off that cross and just lived like a normal dude for a while? Yeah. And what if you had uh, sex with Mary Magdalene yeah. in a room where a child was sitting like 10 feet yeah. from you yeah. staring this is, off into so, the distance? So Jesus has been most resolute, right? He knew right. The, the plan was sacrifice. He asked one last time in the Garden of Gethsemane, right, where in the Bible he's sweating blood. And here we have another point to to finally doubt yeah. once more. I this did is, it. I got all the way here. And she says, well, you don't have to. Right. This is the titular last temptation. Yeah. And what's so weird about this, too, is like this movie is like two and a half ish hours long. Well, 245. And yeah, so, yeah. you know, this is coming in like around the hour 50 mark. This yeah. is this is the third act. Right. And yeah. it goes yeah. on. Well, this is this yeah. goes back to Schrader, right? Like yeah. what, uh, this is about halfway through the novel. I feel like we spend a lot more time in Jesus's like mundane boring life sure in the novel than we do here because mm, yeah. we get it we get kind of like a highlights reel now yeah this um, i mean this it's, is full it's dreamlike Before, you know yeah, i think yeah. i think that crucially one thing that the angel does do annoyingly or not is reframe what's happening here. yes yeah. yeah the angel says you've been tested enough which is not what jesus was doing right no this you've wasn't been a, tested a test. yeah and then jesus goes oh so i'm not the messiah mm-hmm. yeah and she's like no um, and that's if you stopped watching the movie there, then you could protest and be angry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this isn't yeah. the end of the movie. There's so it's much not, more movie it's left. It's not the end of the movie, but I think that that's. But it's it's um it brings us back to this discussion of of, of Jesus's ongoing doubt, ongoing. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think it also gives a lens. It, it it makes us understand. I think so much of his indecision is he's important, and what if I'm important wrong? Yeah. And as soon as he gets told that he doesn't have to be important, he can just be a guy. Yeah. He's much more chill yeah. about and everything. he's much happier too yeah. and right. i think i think what's so what's so stri- the way it was sold to me was that she was just like hey remember like abraham didn't end up killing his son yeah. right god stopped him before sure. that happened yeah. there's precedent for this yeah. right, right. In, in history. So like, I don't know, man, why don't you come with me? And I genuinely bought it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and he so, doesn't, he doesn't fully assent to it either. It's right. just, then the next thing you know, she's pulling the nails. Yeah. Out it's like, let's, let's, hand, let's, let's see what, let, him down. let's see what happens. Yeah. yeah. Here, also you know? a really yeah. interesting dreamlike sequence where it's like, it's hard to, you know, yeah. like she's suddenly like face to face with him while he's on the cross. Yeah. And, and, and he's moving. walking away and everyone's still looking on as though he's still right. there. They don't right. notice this that is, he's behind. This him. is an important thing yeah. from a plot perspective too, obviously, yeah. because mm-hmm. he has not actually, he is not really doing this. Yes. Right. He is seeing yeah. a vision of what could be. And so, and this is also notably, this is, this is part of a, a real tradition, right? In mm. Islam, Jesus did not die on the cross. Mm-hmm. There was someone else who either looked similar to, 
to him or was made to look similar to him who took the sacrifice while Jesus instead ascended without dying, mm-hmm. just like Elijah and Enoch. Um, mm. There's also a, um, a small town in Japan that uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> said that Jesus Christ actually was able to come to Japan at 21. He came back to Judea at 30 right. to preach. And then when he was 33, when it came time for him to be killed, his brother Isukuri. That's right. Uh, I remember this. Jesus' brother. Yeah, his Jesus uh, Japanese brother. Took yeah. his Jesus. place to be crucified and Jesus went back to Japan where he lived to be 103 mm, years old right. or something like that. Um, I'm curious to hear something though, AJ, because, <laughs> you know, I was, I, I had a very strong negative reaction to this uh, child actor angel. Yeah. Um, and you did not. Oh, I, I think I think it's just partially because of my child acting roots. Okay, uh, so you're erasing my experience as a child actor. I am because it seems like there's <laughs> a lot of self hatred going on here, Josh, about 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 child acting. Because I don't blame I, I I never blame child actors for being not great. And I actually think that in terms of annoying child actors, I don't even find her grating or See, annoying at all. Maybe it's just the ch- I don't blame the actor either. I just I find it annoying to have a child here. I guess oh. that, that's oh. what it is for me. I think, I think the child. May Makes sense. Yeah, it's yeah. the only thing that that tracks for me because that's what Jesus ultimately gets and wants mm. is that family, right? right. He's, well, he's a child, and I also, uh, you know, I, I also think that what Scorsese's doing is he he makes her like pristine white. British, yeah. right, right. He's like, this is a, no, this, this is, this is well, a, uh, this is a movie angel, right, and, right, and right, that's right, part yeah, of your yeah. hint is that she's British, right? Who, right. who's playing the Romans? It's all the English actors, David right. Bowie, right, all right. of them, all the Romans are British, and yet this child, this guardian angel, this emissary of the Lord, for some reason, is also British. Hmm. Uh, hmm. And so, Satan as a pillar of fire is also a British person. <laughs> yes, right. yeah, yeah, sure. Right. Uh, and mixed, also Scorsese, Scorsese, Scorsese yeah, for Scorsese. some reason. Yeah. Um, so when they when wh- what she does is she leads him into the world and all of a sudden and I've, I've thought this more this movie in a lot of ways was visually a, a little bit dull, especially for Scorsese. Of course, yeah. you get some great scenes like the Roman jumping down from the ceiling or a lot of the scenes of the crucifixion, like the camera going sideways or yeah. following the cross as it gets lifted up. It's sort mm-hmm. of like POV or it's like attached to the cross itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really fascinating, very Scorsese kind of shots. And then here you see why it was kind of looking boring on the color palette because he was saving. He was waiting for it to all pop. of the color yeah. until this moment where Jesus walks out and sees the world apparently as it always has been, which actually it's makes like our sense. Town, where yeah. it's like you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. missing the whole time. And it's like, of course, because like, yeah, our picture of like ancient Egypt, ancient Israel is is influenced a lot by our modern day perspective of these things. Oh, you know, we right. see pyramids in the desert and all that. Right. But they're shooting in locations that are already ruins. Yes. Right. Yeah, right. And, yeah, yeah. But 2000 years ago, these right. places were verdant and opulent. And, you know, and now even the ruins are a different kind yeah. of ruins. They're yeah, not yeah, like yeah. Uh, they're not old Arab ruins. They are old Roman ruins well, from when a, this was like, you know, Carthage. There's right. a reason, too, that Palestine has always been like a hotbed of occupation and expropriation because it's one of the few fertile places in the that area. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We focus on the Dead Sea or whatever, but there's plenty of places that are that look like this that are great. Right. I mean, they never left Morocco. I went to Italy uh, mm. last year and uh, I saw olive groves. And I was like, oh, that I get it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. you know what I mean? yeah. like, it was like, oh, I, that's like they're I don't know what I was I, I ever I think because of the context of the, of the story of Gethsemane, mm-hmm. I, I picture these like gnarled. Uh, I picture it just like very unappealing and like yeah, kind of, yeah. and because it's such a tortured, dark story. Right. But like 
they're beautiful. Yeah. It's yeah. so beautiful. And what Jesus gets to experience here is for him beautiful, right? He, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. There's flowers for there's the first flowers, time. There's flowers. You know, he he then sees uh, Mary Magdalene. He's like, hey, what's going on? And yeah. they're just like, oh, it's it's your wedding. Yeah, he's walked into his own wedding. How about yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. The, the, the life has already been ordained for him. It's already set in place. And she's there to marry him. Right. But then he's still covered with all of his wounds and right. scars. So she like washes the blood from him. And then they yeah. become nude. And then they new. They, this is yeah. the, the Jesus has sex Jesus movie. Has Jesus sex. certainly does. It finally happens. And, Jesus yeah. has sex, and what's so funny is that Willem Dafoe has the same sex moves in Antichrist that he does in this one. Like that man <laughs> just has consistent thrust to butt clenching yeah. ratio. <laughs> yeah. Also very, very brief. Considering yeah. Yeah. like all the controversy. Yeah. Like you see more of him than her in that scene. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. he's still got pants on. This mm-hmm. is not intended to be a porno, right? Yeah. Like this no. is this is very much just because again, the idea is he is experiencing his last temptation. It, we don't need too much to know what's going not on. A purely carnal, detached right. act. It is right. an act of love. It is an act within the context of marriage, and it is right. procreative by nature yes. because yes, it yes. cuts immediately to Mary Magdalene as a pregnant woman. Right. Yeah. One other thing that I thought was kind of cool about the way that the dressing of the wounds was shot was that with the way that the light was coming in, it was very much. Uh, reminiscent of traditional scenes of baby Jesus in the crash, yeah. um, you know, lying mm. in Mary Magdalene's lap in the way mm. that it is traditionally depicted him. Well, Mother uh, Mary. In, in, in Mo- the, the no, that's what I'm Mary saying. Magdalene in the movie. Oh, yeah, I understand. Yeah. Mary Magdalene in the movie, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Re- reflects, reflects Mother Mary in, yeah, yeah, yeah. in, in all of this art. Um, it's like a yeah. pieta in that. Yeah. yeah. Very um, cool. That, that, yeah. yeah, I didn't even think about that. There's a couple either. of moments where, where Scorsese, I think, is playing with like renaissance depiction mm-hmm. yeah uh, especially in this sequence yeah a lot of this stuff i know he was drawing off of the dutch guys mm-hmm. for a lot of this movie especially mm-hmm. for the crucifixion mm-hmm. that's where a lot of that was coming from and and actually historical data like that's why the crosses are so short they're mm-hmm. actually designed to be more like how they were apparently there's not a whole lot of archaeological yeah. evidence of crucifixes because they're made out of wood yeah 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 he sort of like they 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 play the middle there too it's like there's one like jesus is on a cross yeah, but the other two trees. trees yeah uh they do the thing that was very popular in like the 80s and, and 90s of like the the wrist. the wrist yeah and through the, the ankles hands. yeah so i have a question for everybody yeah. this part did this work for you because i found it very silly oh uh, what 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 no part? i found all of this uh to work yeah. really okay yeah, yeah, no, yeah like, this particular the, the, all this it's, it's, a it's a wonderful life yeah. you know them getting together From here to the end of the movie you mean just up until this point where it's like the th- stuff with mary magdalene and her situation oh. Uh, going through also to her then like immediately fucking die. I think it's weird and it felt more like the knowledge that there was a book. It felt like, okay, we're we're just zooming through the book. Yeah. It, and it's again, it's playing with a lot of traditional heresies. It is playing with the heresy that Jesus Christ had a child with Mary Magdalene, although they don't actually have a child. Right, this right. One. They don't. Yeah. But it also plays with the conflation of Mary with Mary with right. Martha yeah. all as one person. Yeah. Um, and then he ends up. He does have children, with, right. you know, over there. Um, it's it's but it's taking yeah. two wives. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot. It's yeah, a so lot which the two my sisters note, are really cool with, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> my note, actually, to the point of it being a lot, my note was uh, you're doing too much. Like, let's bring it in a little. Yeah, bit. It could that's just, just me, though. It, it could have just been a life with Mary Magdalene. But I get yeah. the point of wanting to illustrate that an ordinary life is not a yes. life free of tragedy or events. Right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah. I think there's an interesting thing, I think, in the book. There is a way where you can go, oh, this is the story about Jesus leaving the cross. 
Yeah. And then you get a twist at the end. Uh, and that's harder to do in a movie. Yeah. yeah. And Scorsese decides you're just not supposed to trust it. Like when he sure. walks from the, you know, like the people are still screaming at the cross. He gets walked into his wedding and like yeah. there's a wedding. And right. I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's a there's a way where Scorsese is saying, like, this is weird. And yeah. it's going to be weird. And yeah. the feeling that you have that it's weird, just hang with it. Yeah. And I, I found, yeah. too, that then the moment that that Paul showed up, yeah. Saul of Tarsus, now who has become yeah. Paul, preaching about his conversion experience on the road to Damascus. For me personally, this is when it snapped back into place yeah. again, because then I understood why the previous sure. stuff had happened and was weird because it's like, hey, all of that has been very different, but now we're right back along the lines of how things are in the Bible, Yeah, but nothing has actually changed. Yeah, so the suspense yeah. of this scene is so great because you're you're watching it thinking, what is he going to say? He is calling himself Paul. Now we saw him right. earlier. We know who this guy is, mm-hmm. if, right. if we're familiar with with the history here. And so it's like, what is he going to say? He's 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 a zealot still or he's become maybe he joined someone else. Maybe some other guy was Messiah and he keeps talking and he tells the gospel story exactly as you know it. Jesus right. died on the cross, rose in three days. He visited the the disciples. You know, he was seen on the road. He, he appeared within the locked right. house, all of it and ascended to heaven. And yeah. you're like, you're like, and you're like, no, that he's right didn't there. Though. Happen? Yeah. And that's what Jesus says, <laughs> like, too. That's the, the fucking yeah, happen. Right. The power of the gospel has pierced through even the individual decisions of the Messiah. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, and I think and I think in a very like keen criticism of Paul, yeah. he's like he's just completely unimpressed by Jesus when he meets yeah. him. Right. And he says, I don't yeah. care whether you're yeah. Jesus yeah, or yeah. not. That, that's just <laughs> Paul to do myself. I'll do it. And yeah. I got to say, yeah. Harry Dean Stanton does some so fantastic good. work yeah. here. Yeah. That's a that's a weird choice for someone yeah. like Paul because he's not someone you ever think about as getting very excitable, but he's perfect. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. and and what's it, it, this also plays with a lot of um, not necessarily heretical ideas um, in terms of people following the theology of Christianity, but a lot of historians. Uh, not, but there there is a school of thought among historians that there was no Jesus and that this all started with Paul because the earliest documents that we have are letters of Paul. So if you start with this idea that you have the actual leader of the cult being this man going around saying the end times are near, there was a Messiah and he came to earth and he is now departed Mm -hmm. and pointing to Jesus Christ, then here you have an example of that playing out in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I got to say, it's very, very Calvinistic once more. You know, everything (laughs) has been preordained. It does not matter what your individual actions or choices are, including if you are the actual son of God himself. (laughs) One thing that I was also a little bit, I think is a little bit interesting about this scene is like the, it's unclear kind of, because the angel is very adamant that Jesus not talk to Paul. Yeah. Yes. And so I'm cur- I'm 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 a little bit disoriented in terms of like levels of reality here. Right. Right. Because yeah. is this not supposed to be happening in the angels version of it? Or, right. is, the or angels, is this is the angels illusion just around Jesus? Yeah. And Jesus yeah. really exists in the world. Like it, I'm a little yeah. bit. Unclear well, well, and then what's it becomes even. Yeah. Muddies that even further once we get to to Christ in his final days. Right. As an because old man. There's another yeah. fucking time skip here. Yeah. You know, now Jesus has fully he's encountered Paul and realized that nothing that he has done can actually change the spread of Christianity as a religion, but he has been able to raise a family and he takes good comfort in that and his children and so on. And we get to his deathbed and, uh, yeah, this Jerusalem has burned now. This Um, is also everything outside is red recalling the title card at the beginning of the movie, Mm -hmm. uh, with, you know, the red, 
everything red uh, with white tacks. with, yeah. with yeah. white and, and on black with you know the, that's how it looks outside yeah. is you know yeah. jerusalem has burned the world and is ending the yeah. world is yeah. ending and again this is what happens it's not that long after the time of christ that that the temple is destroyed that the the people are scattered mm-hmm. to all the ends of the earth right this, this yeah. actually becomes right. part of the tradition of lazarus who mm-hmm. does not get murdered uh yeah. or, we don't know what happens to him but there are like two traditions one either that he ends up in like i think syria and then the other one is that he goes to france uh so mm-hmm. one is for the orthodox and one is for the catholics france yeah. has a lot of france has a lot of france, france is also where the whole like uh, da Vinci Code stuff comes from. Yes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like, yeah. it's no coincidence that Jesus existed at that time in the same way that it's no coincidence that the Pharisees were there, that the Sadducees were there, mm-hmm. that there were all of these new, you know, zealous movements, right. that there were messiahs erupting here and there, and then the destruction of Jerusalem happens. And so these things are going to uh, be set in stone. Right. You're going to have a major shift in Judaism just in the same way that you're going to have a major shift in the followers of Christ and what they believe going forward. Right. Where Judaism itself moves away from blood sacrifice and the temple to the word. We, we also the word. get the remaining apostles who are yeah. still around at this point. This was the other scene that they, Matt Barbo wrote. <laughs> yeah. um, they come to visit Jesus also, on his uh, deathbed. Yeah, this yeah. is almost a scene that Andrush Vishki wrote as yeah. well. Yeah, well, because uh, th- there's there's the line that really stood out to me, the, the exchange of Jesus saying, uh, Peter, what happened to you? And he says, <laughs> I got old. Yeah. And I was just like, God damn, that I cannot believe you didn't write that line. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like fundamentally. So let's talk a bit about this scene. Yeah. yeah. Um because well, Peter doesn't get old, right? Yeah. Peter Peter is a martyr, uh, yeah. according yeah. to tradition. Yeah. Right. Upside down. Crucified, crucified upside, upside down. down. But yeah. in this version, he gets old. You know, yep. Judas is also still around. Yeah, he didn't uh, explode. This what I what I really love about this section is you can feel the electricity of Paul Schrader getting to fuck with a text that he deeply respects. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's something so thrilling about him being able to say, Yeah, Peter lived and I get to write for him. And he's just like, <laughs> Ooh, I get to write for Peter. And then Judas comes in and like fucking hands Jesus's ass to him. Yeah. yeah. And being yeah. like, you know what I fucking sacrificed for you? I was out on the streets of Brooklyn fighting those Romans every goddamn day. You come out, you live, you want to be an old man, I'll kill you. <laughs> but this is also the, like, I think the scene where you get, I think this is what I was saying to you, Josh, earlier, there is a payoff to what we see Judas go through. Yes. Yeah. yes. Which is he, how dare Jesus make him do that. Yeah. And then not die and then not hold up his end of the bargain. And this is also the only moment in the movie where you really see Harvey Keitel make the choice as an actor to fully break down. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he, he is he is there are tears in his eyes. He is just so completely beside himself because it's like. How could you do this to us? We were all counting on you, yeah. right? Yeah. And now the world's fucking ended. The sky is red. Right. And we all know that Jerusalem's going to burn either way. Yeah. Like, at least you could have given us some fucking hope, dude. You could have done something. Yeah. And he gets through to Jesus, right? Yeah. Jesus crawls up uh, the temple stairs and, like, just pleads yeah. to God to we, take we, a bow. We get the die, reveal. God. We get the reveal, too, of 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 the girl, we, and she is the flame she once more, flame. right? And yeah. and Judas sees it in the same way that Jesus saw the cobra as something else, but we saw it as the cobra. Yeah. Now we have uh, this, this who right, sees right. what Jesus, as what. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Judas never sees the girl. Yeah. He only sees the devil. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he yeah, walks yeah. into that room yeah. knowing that the devil is in there, that Lucifer right. is inside. Yeah. And I loved your, your, your reference to our town because 
this becomes this decision of Jesus. Does he, because a lot of like what, what Thornton Wilder lays down in our town is like, this is the life that like 95% of people live, right? Yeah. Like this yeah. is what most people go through. It's quiet. They are unimportant. They will not be written about. But then Thornton Wilder also writes the skin of our teeth which right. is about the most important people at any given point in history. Yeah. And they're always the most important. And Jesus is, is, is choosing between the skin of our teeth life or the, our town life, be great, be the Messiah or, or allow that anonymity to, to, to damn your soul. Yeah. <laughs> right. And but damn I, mankind. Well, and and yeah. I think also like the, there's this like, um, clenching that Jesus is doing the whole movie up until this yeah. point. And then he sort of like, let's go. Yeah. And it's like, uh, you know, it's it's okay to take pleasure in things. Yeah. It's okay, yeah. like what's how most people live. Like again, in the beginning of the movie, everyone's like, "You're a you're a joyless nerd. Yeah. We don't like you. We don't like having you around." Yeah. Um. Yeah. And and his ability to just like, if he's able to feel things, he's able to experience. You know, I love. I was talking to AJ on break about it. Like, there's a shot that is again composed very like artificially. Yeah. Like. A Dutch painting yeah, where uh, yeah, yeah. right after he talks to Paul, where he he lifts his son up into his arms, he spins around yeah. and then everyone else in the scene arranges themselves around him mm. and you just sort of see him in the midst of and he loves his son so much. And you see everyone, uh, all the people in his life who are important to him now. He's not alone. Yeah. Um, he has two wives. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and they both adore him. Yeah. Um, you can't he can't have that. You're not yeah. allowed to yeah. have that. You know, like that's not he, a, he, he has to because he. These are the temptations right. in the same way that because this doesn't happen in the desert in the movie, but this happens in the Bible. Right. The, the devil shows him the world, right. yeah. shows him all things and says, these can be right. yours. Yeah. But, and this is that. Right. But yeah. Kazantzakis is not saying and, and like that's the thing is like the sin, the temptation is not power. It's not right. salacious. It's not what's the word I'm looking for? Debauchery. It's, yeah, sure. Which yeah. is what I think it, it's just. And that's what I think being life. able to not care about. And the debauchery yeah, thing yeah. too is what it was so frequently portrayed as in the yeah. run up to the release yes. of this movie yeah. as well yeah. as immediately after its release. And it's like I was so surprised you know, because when it wrapped up, because again, you know, at, at the end of this, it's just like, you're like, where was the offensive part? No, he, see, he sees the thing. He realizes that it's the temptation. He chooses to die. Yeah. And, and we're back uh, on the cross. And we're back on the cross. And that's the end of the movie. Yeah. And it's and like what it ends with is a really interesting thing where they just accidentally had a take where the last part of the film got got exposed. Mm-hmm. Oh, and they just kept it in there. Oh, that's they just, so cool. They just kept it. Yeah. Jesus broke yeah. the movie. Right? It, it, it's this interesting, like, what do you do with that that moment? It's just like, it, it is, it feels so strange and it's so it was uh, almost, meta. It was kind so, of Kubrickian in a way. I yeah. was like, huh. You watch that and I think that if you're a Christian, you look at that and you are like, oh, okay, Jesus didn't, Jesus didn't do it. He didn't accept the temptation. Just like it says in the Bible. Yeah, he did it. And maybe they added some details and you saw a titty. But like, I don't know. I just I genuinely don't get what the reaction to this thing was, because what I see here is a movie that I liked parts of it. I was not on board for other parts of it, but it's a fascinating movie that has so much to say, both about the nature of faith and and Christian faith, as well as what it means to be a person. Which I also think is the whole point of the gospel. Like, what yeah, does it mean yes. to be somebody who is fully human and fully God at the same time? It, right. it asks yeah. these questions in such a deep and such a nuanced way. And you can take it from so many angles. And it's like, why did people not see 
that because they didn't see it. Well, well yeah. Well, yeah. 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 It's mean, inconvenient. That, sort of yeah. It's yeah. inconvenient. Paul Schrader talks about this. People will say that Jesus is human when it's convenient. They will say he's divine when it's convenient. They yeah. don't want to engage with the inconvenient aspects of either of those <clears throat> natures. Yeah. I think um, there's something I, I, there's I, there's something that feels very obvious around like yeah. if Jesus is not afraid of dying then that sacrifice means nothing. It's not right. a sac- that yeah. sacrifice is in fact not a sacrifice, right? right. Yeah. That yeah. If, if he doesn't want to live, then there is no then there's no meaning to it. Yeah. But that is like kind of that's a very touchy, you know, uh uh the humanizing of Jesus in that way is very is, is a very touchy thing for I think a lot of very religious Christians. Yeah, it, it, you it, you it, almost become like Buddhist in a way where it's the idea that desire existing at all makes him imperfect. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> which, 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 which is what he thinks early on yeah. in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, and right. that's where you yeah. you you have this this uh we were talking earlier about the passion of the Christ. Yeah. But 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 there is a there is a real tendency, I think, especially in Catholicism, where like the humanizing aspect is physical pain. Yes. Yes. That yes. is and the thing that we we his experience of physical pain is the focus. And yeah. in the oh, moment yeah. Yeah, preceding yeah. the passion, the way that people tend to depict especially in movies this also happens there's like a uh, an american tv movie in the late 90s that does this too if you want to depict that jesus is really just a guy he'll splash water on his disciples or like on Mar- that he, he doesn't impassion the christ as uh-huh. well oh, where it's like, yeah. oh they're by a big tub of water and then he splashes someone yeah. see he's he's just like us he's, he's just a little crazy but it's it's offensive right you splash someone it's fine you know yeah, yeah. You, you, there's there's nothing about that that can make someone uncomfortable the, the, the passion of the christ actually has like one of like, it's like focus group as, yeah, there's like a really again, but it's 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 interesting because it is again focused on physical pain. Yeah, which is like there is was one flashback that I find really effective where um, he falls for the third time and Mary flashes yeah. back to him tripping and falling as a kid mm. and yeah. how she runs to him um, because he's crying and, and in pain and like that's interesting and it's yeah. very humanizing. Yeah, but again is fixated almost entirely on a physic on like a physical injury. Yeah, not just on... the weakness sure. of the body, yeah, the yeah, limitation yeah. of the body rather well, than but the. I, uh, the drive no of the room body. For doubt the, the, I mean, the, right. the, the limitations of the human spirit. Yeah, sure. Right? Yeah. I, there's, it's a feeling like, like, like Jesus, which is, this is like, this is heretical, right? Yeah. The idea that, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The idea that God is just piloting a human body yeah. while he's here, which is not what right, right. we're actually supposed to believe. Yeah, there's one heresy right. that, that ends up developing that this movie doesn't play with at all, but that they're trying to avoid the heresy of the body of, of all these right, other right, ideas right. is that, Oh, there just wasn't a physical guy. There was just sort of yeah. a, a, a Christological vibe. hologram that yeah. was floating oh, around the whole time. I haven't heard about that doesn't one. really make sense of the yeah. transfiguration moment. Yeah. Right. But it's just like, Oh yeah, there was just this spiritual projection onto the earth. That yeah, yeah, then yeah. could be uh, brought away once yeah. it was not needed uh, any longer. Yeah, my I remember in 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 high school, like a theology class, there there being a, our our teacher making a distinction between resuscitation, which is what happens with with Lazarus, and yeah. resurrection, which is what happens to Jesus. <laughs> um, and resurrection right, right, right. is like Jesus is not like is not his body is is changed and made perfect. Sure, and yeah, it's, sure. like, eh, it's kind of well. It's so yeah. interesting too because Lazarus. The idea of physical resurrection was so core to a lot of early Christian belief. Like that was the central thing is Jesus saying, believe in me and you will live again. Um, Because there there were the idea of the spirit was not a popular one among early Christians or especially Jews of this time. You had your physical body and that was about it. So what Jesus is promising you is that in the end of days, 
the saints will rise. You will be embodied once more. Right. Calvinism uh, applies to this. They say that the, I believe in like, the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. That, that yeah. At the end of days, the earth will be yeah. remade and you will exist right. in a physical form. Which upon is why the they mummify popes. That's what yeah. the new heaven and the new earth um, is. Yeah. Um, there's but, a and, you know, and there's like a really wonderful. I think um, and, and this is sort of like bridging an earlier conversation with this one is yeah. there's a, the, the uh, in the movie uh, we don't talk about the zealots led by Paul murdering Lazarus. But yeah. they ask Lazarus what it was like to be dead. And he said, it wasn't that yeah. different. Yeah. And, and there's a yeah. way to read that as very, as kind of pessimistic, but they think there's a way to read that as really beautiful. Yeah. Like, yeah. Optimistic. yeah. Well, yeah. But, I, but, but I think like in the way that like, Oh, heaven, like, actually we have it pretty good here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In other words, there's a way to read it as like heaven is mundane yeah. and boring, but I think there's a way to read it as actually like the earth is pretty lovely. Yeah. Um, I think it's one yeah. of the Eastern traditions that ascribes to Lazarus that he saw souls being tortured in hell <laughs> and therefore never smiled again for as long as he walked the earth, except for one moment. I, I actually really love this little moment because it seems so out of bounds for most of um, Christian belief where Lazarus sees a man stealing a clay pot Mm. and he smiles at it and he says, look at that clay stealing clay. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Um, But but Josh, to sort of, I what guess a waste of a smile. Paul would be walking by Lazarus saying, you, you should smile it's more. Like, yeah. It's like, dude, that's really not that good of a joke. <laughs> but, you know, it's... Lazarus the communist. To see... To see <laughs> to Nobody see, owns anything. To see Jesus as human and to, like, actually not want to die, it raises a lot of questions about doubt, which Christianity has built into it, right? Yeah, like, yeah. It, Thomas yes, the is play. there for a reason, yeah. right? Like, it, all humans naturally will, like, feel that, but they just can't have Jesus do it. Right, well, for whatever so many... reason, he has to just be gung-ho, Rambo to the grave. Which yeah. is strange, because doubt is not a sin. Like, no! In, no. in any it, Christian it, tradition. But, like, in the Southern Baptist tradition, it is definitely treated, Thomas's moment of doubt is treated as a condemnation. Huh. But he says, you've seen and believed, but blessed are... He doesn't say it's bad. He just says that some people are going to be blessed more than you, I guess. Sure. You know, or it's, it's a blessed to be faithful in that way. Right. But like, but I mean, like Andras, I just mentioned Andras Vishki, his play um, Disciples uh, very explicitly casts Thomas as someone who is who is in some ways more beloved. Right. Yeah. Who is closer to God because he uh, has that that ability to question. Yeah. And in, in this uh, uh, Stephen Adley Gierges play, uh, Last Days of Judas mm. Iscariot, um, which yeah. is also, I think, it plays with a similar thing. Uh, to the last temptation, which is like writes them in a in a very like working class blue collar vernacular. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Thomas has this wonderful monologue, which is like I needed proof, and he gave it to me. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that is yeah. incredible. Yeah, you know, and like yeah. that's yeah. Uh, yeah. Jesus yeah. does not cast him out of the locked room. Right. He says, yeah. "Here's my hand." Yeah. But you yeah. are cast out of that locked room if you in these evangel in these like yeah. very you know, far, far right circles. Yeah, right? I and mean, we've talked about that with with our friends over at Brigham Young Money. You know, mm-hmm. with Mormonism, the 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 answer to theological questions is you don't fucking ask them ever. Right, right, right. Because they can't stand up to anything. But well, it is the sign of 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 faith, and it is a sign of existence on earth if you can apply scrutiny. And even in the Reformed Christian tradition, which is one that, relatively speaking, uh, encourages inquiry. Yeah. There's a point at which it's like, okay, stop asking questions. And yeah. Paul Schrader has talked about this in yeah. interviews. He says yeah. that that Calvin's whole thing was trying to provide a logical basis for all things, but it must leave open a pinhole of faith. And he says, well, if you're leaving a pinhole open, you might as well leave a barn door open because mm. it's still going to be faith mm. in the end. 
And if you have a pinhole or barn door of faith in us at the worst of all possible worlds, you can, of course, always subscribe to us over on Patreon.com right. slash worst of all for five you, or ten dollars. That's how you demonstrate your faith in us is yeah. by giving us money. Yeah, it shows your faith that we will provide you with extra content. Which we will. full episodes in addition to the two that we put out on the free feed. That's right. Plus fancy movie time. That's plus right. Plus the monthly lads cast for those at the ten dollar tier. That's uh, right. And we have a live show uh, that, you, that you should apply your reason and scrutiny to by mm-hmm. buying tickets. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Uh, we have a discount code if you are a subscriber. Wow. If you're super you can get five bucks, patron, you can get five bucks off your tickets by subscribing us. to Patreon for it's $5. It's if it's if you, yeah, you're it's losing money not signing you, up for this deal. If you live in New York, which most of you don't, um, you can actually see us in person at Caveat. But there's also a live stream if you want that the 27th. Option. Yes. And uh, if you are not in New York, you can watch us on the live stream. Yes. And Matt, what do you have going on? I'm, you know, tired. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> I'm behind on a lot of writing. No, I don't have a lot going on at the moment, but I, um, you know, keep keep an eye out. I have some stuff going on in October that that'll be pretty exciting. I'm Ooh, just, October. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, just, okay. I'm just, you know, it's like it's it's just in the future. And so, yeah. so you know, I'm just going to get hang out getting you all ready for All Saints Day. Do some reading and yeah. do some reading and some writing and some 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 probably watch another Jesus movie before then. And Great. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> and uh, with that. Uh, go join your local chapter of the AFA and protest right. the next movie that comes to blaspheme our Lord. I am the worst of all possible Brian's. I am the worst of all possible AJ's. And I am the worst of all possible Josh's. See you next week. Amen. <laughs>